Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, July 29th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 430. This is No Agenda. Dodging the heat in the sin bin just south of Pipeline Drive. Still in the Drone Star State, Dallas Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm spending all my time tweeting about the Olympics, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buskill. Hey, I think I'm overmodulating. I don't think I sound good. Hold on. You sound good to me. Yeah, but you're not listening to the stream or whatever. There we go. Is everyone moaning? Yeah, no, I'm moaning. Because it's, it's, I, I, I sounded a little, uh, a little overmodulated. Yeah, whatever. You're cracking? Yeah. Well, um, what you're hearing in the background, uh, for those of you listening on headsets, I know most people uh, right now are probably listening. <laughs> uh, fanatics. Yeah. Well, you know, people do have iPods and, uh, and iPhones, and they do wear the headsets. Whenever you hear me speak, you will hear the... Um, Annoying sound of the air conditioner in the background. I know people say they don't hear it, but I hear it, and it's it's like I'm at sea, like I'm a ship at sea. Because we are on the 2009 tour, first leg of the tour, uh, Austin, Texas, to Dallas, Texas, uh, where I am sitting now in the sin bin, as it's been dubbed, uh, just outside producer Dave Koss's uh, house here. In uh, in Arlington, actually, which is uh, I guess a suburb of uh, of Dallas, and uh, wow, <laughs> it's already been quite a trip, John. What happened? <laughs> what do you mean? What didn't happen? <laughs> My I goodness! See, I see that Mickey sent out a Twitter pic of uh, the of the truck with Adam here, and then it looked like a, it looked like uh, JCD uh, goes here. And place JCD here with an X, yeah. And then they have a little picture. It looks like it's not, it looks like uh, uh, blackface. <laughs> well, so uh, we we had the Austin meetup, which uh, producers Mike and Jane put together, which was extremely cool. We had a nice turnout, you know, about twenty five people, thirty people, uh, for a Saturday morning. Not bad at all. No, that's not bad. No, and um, and uh, so while we weren't looking, we were there for a couple hours. Uh, two of our producers uh, had found where we had parked the Mustang Sally in the sin bin, and uh, they used that stuff that when you put, you know, when you write on someone's windshield when someone just got married. Yeah, they put it on there. <laughs> did they did that? They did that, but it's like literally like "shut up, slave," "don't get two to the head," uh, <laughs> and it's on and, you know on Mickey's side. It's Miss Mickey goes here, and then the window behind her, hookers and blow go here. I mean, we we had to stop gas stations quite frequently. And people are looking at us like, really? You know, wh- what? what is up with you guys? <laughs> hold on a second. I'm going to turn the air off, John. I just can you it's correct. So you can, yeah, go on. ahead. Yeah, hold on. Entertain the troops. Nobody can hear this yeah, air conditioning you're complaining about. I sure can't. Because then again, I'm listening over a yeah, uh, no, nice pair of speakers, I'd, uh, which is... I'd rather be, I'd rather be retro. warm. I'd rather be warm than hear that the whole time. It's so annoying. That's What's the temperature? It's 106. Ah, it's a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. But listen, um, so we had like, the... Don't you bring a razor blade with you so you can scratch, scratch Slip my wrist? Off? Just slip my wrist? Did oh, you scrape oh, it off? No, stuff no, 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 no. We left it on. Are you kidding me? It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> no, it's, it's so funny. People are like... It, it, now, okay, so here's a couple of things. First of all, the trip from um, Austin to Dallas, we're getting about six and a half miles to the gallon. 
And this is flat country, my friends. You know, it's, there's up and downs. There's a little oh, bit of hills. We're three miles of the gallon once you get to the Rockies. Oh, yeah, easily. Now, the problem with, uh, with the rig. You just go to the gas station and take the hose and just put it on the ground and turn it on. <laughs> yeah. The problem with the rig is that it has such a small gas tank. It's like 25 gallons. You know, and and you kind of hit your reserve around you know tw- maybe it's twenty three gallons or whatever, and uh, so you, you hit that that you know it's like what are you doing? So you get about a, go about one hundred and eighty miles and you're less, done like one hundred and fifty, and then you know then it, then it dings and you got you got to start looking. So it's uh, you know it's not it's not great. You better be careful in the Rockies because there's a lot of few and far <laughs> between moments. Nice, thank you. But that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is. Uh, with 106 degrees, and of course, when you're towing um, a trailer, you have to have overdrive off. So the car is running a bit hot, John. Um, and the only way to, you know, we're up at like the needles near the top of the range um, of the. My advice: put some water in the radiator. <laughs> Thanks. And we have water in the radiator. It's just because you know of the heat and pulling and the air conditioner. So. What here's how here's how it works. You're driving along, and you know about 63 miles an hour is the uh, is the optimum speed with this configuration. And um, you're driving along, and then when you start to go uphill, the only way to keep it from you know going too far into the red is by turning off the air conditioner. Now let me tell you something. This is not cool. Literally. And once you're out of Texas, Oklahoma, it'll cool down. It's Dude, not that have hot. You, anyway, have so. you seen the weather report? Well, let it, me take a look. It's like 105. <laughs> Where? In, in Oklahoma and Kansas. It's yeah. like record temperatures. Uh, uh-huh. You, you did this last year. You picked record <laughs> not, temperatures. Yeah, but we, but, you know, we were driving in, the, in, in a machine that was meant to carry all this weight. I don't know. It, maybe it's my ego that I leave in the trailer. Something's, something's bad. Anyway, um, so, it's 100 degrees in Chanute, so 97 in Coffeeville. Yeah, this is a pretty. Yeah, well, if you go to Goodland, it's only 77. Uh huh. Lawrence, Kansas, 91. Well, that There's would a that town would be in Kansas called Liberal. Yeah, well, that would be a relief. 91. Go anyway, in there and vote for Obama. Anyway, let me get back to the uh, to the Austin meetup. A couple of interesting people. Actually, everyone who showed up was was fantastic. Uh, I do want to point out Sergeant Fred, of course, uh, he's always there. He always shows up to everything. Sergeant Fred is uh, just such a loyal, uh, no agenda head. Um, then we had the Jamaican in Austin came by. Now, I've known him when he was the Jamaican in New York, and he used to call into the... Uh, um, to the is he your handler? Why is he following you around? <laughs> he may be. He used to call into the daily source code. And uh, he's awesome. Like you know, He's like a six-foot-two... Tall Jamaican, bald Jamaican guy. Awesome. Is he going to Virginia a lot? <laughs> Just wondering. Well, on that note, you know who showed up? One of our uh, previous producers, I think executive producer, Big Ass Blonde showed up. You remember her? From, yeah, Big uh, Ass Blonde. So Big she Ass been Blonde. been donating much. Uh, well, uh, she will be an executive uh, producer today. She donated $450 on the spot. Wow. And uh, and by the way, her name, Big Ass Blonde, is it fits her exactly. It, it should be Big Ass Blonde with beautiful blue eyes. And um, she came up from uh, San Antonio, and where she is in quote intelligence, John. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And in San, what is intelligence doing in San Antonio? Hello, San Antonio is like the biggest military-industrial complex uh, headquarters uh, outside of Denver and D.C. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's you know big, big military bases there. And uh, she says, you know, I just wanted to say I really want to drive up, and I want to say that you know you guys, uh, the show is so important. Because they're so. Wouldn't she be driving down? Isn't it down? To over. Austin? Whatever. Why, yeah, just whatever. shut okay, up. Now Don't I'm get sorry. into details. Duh. Um, says it's so important because a lot of us are, you know, we took an oath. We took an oath to the Constitution and we see all these things that are happening that kind of go counter to what we, uh, what we pledged to. <laughs> and listening to your show, to our show, she says, um, it makes us feel like we're not insane. In fact, her her boyfriend is uh, he's in special forces, and they all listen to the show, and they all keep and they all keep copies of the Constitution in their pockets when they're out doing whatever they're doing, and uh, you know they they they're gonna adhere to it. They're like, we're not gonna take away anyone's guns. You know, we're not gonna do anything that we should. We're not gonna go on the streets of America. We're gonna refuse to do that. And she said, you know, so many times I've thought of quitting, but then I think, no, no, I have to stay where I am because when it's time to blow everything up on the inside, figuratively speaking, uh, we'll need these people. And a lot of them, of course, are sysadmins. So it's exactly what we've what we never set out to do, but what we've built is this community where we send out one bat signal and say, RM star dot star, <laughs> and we bring down the whole New World Order, John. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, by the way, the, the address is adam at curry.com. I have nothing to do with the, the, uh, this entire discussion. A, you're such a pussy. Anyway, so after that, uh, then we uh, took the rig. We drove to Dallas about three and a half hours. Uh, and again, um, you know, Mustang Sally kind of uh, overheating. We were smart, though. We did learn a lot from our, uh, from our previous uh, experience last year. And we brought, I mean, I don't know who makes the cabinetry in trailers and RVs, but they're the stupidest thing because, you know, they don't lock. You know, they have little clicks. So if you don't gaffer tape everything shut, including the refrigerator, um, you know, you'll you'll stop for gas, you'll go back and look. And even though we had gaffer tape most things, the things we didn't, it was just all over the trailer. It's, I mean, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know who makes these things. They don't, like, they should have. They should locks. be. The, if there was the same people that did ships, yeah, interiors because they have little locks and clips and things exactly. that don't allow for that kind of thing. They, this, it's most of the trailers and RVs that I've seen, with rare exceptions, are garbage, cheap cabinetry that's yes. just mm, yeah. crap. Yeah, it's true. They should be ashamed of themselves. It doesn't cost that much more to do a good job. Yeah. Well, they're not doing it. Anyway, so uh, rolled up here, uh, our longtime producer, Dave Koss, and his wife, uh, just beautiful couple. They have a room for us. We had a, we slept great last night. Uh, they'd also organized the meetup at the Caves here in, uh, in uh, Dallas. <clears throat> Another great turnout, 30, 35 people, I would say, uh, including uh, uh, Joseph uh, of Spain. Remember Joe? Joe from no, Spain? Yeah, we were talking about last names, Dutch last names. Oh, right, right. Jo- oh, Joseph of Spain, the Dutch yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He showed up. Uh, of course, Sir Gene Naftuliev, um, who is a, he's a pretty fun guy. He's actually, uh, he's putting us up in a hotel tonight, uh, about 45 minutes drive from here. And he's the guy with the No Agenda Humidor. 
So we're going to go and smoke some No Agenda cigars this evening. <laughs> if he's got some Cubans. He also has a pet boa constrictor. This is a, another one of our, a, a prime example of one of our uh, listeners, our producers. And he, of course, is not just a, a producer. He's a, a former executive uh, producer and a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. And we had a great time, man. It was just uh, so many really cool, intelligent, smart people uh, obviously, we had uh, our fair share of sysadmins. Always good to see him. Um, <clears throat> Melody. I don't know if you remember Melody. Uh, she donated once, and she was. Uh, she said she was doing. The, well, the story we got the last time when she sent in a donation was she was uh, uh, knitting or crocheting. I don't know if you remember that. It, it, I had to think about it, but it came to me. And she had handmade a blanket. For us, not for you and me, but for uh, Ms. Mickey and I. And uh, the story behind it is she was going through uh, chemo. And um, she, you know, she was kind of like in and out of consciousness for days on end. And she tried all different podcasts, but the only podcast that she said, as she says, I, I, I disagree with her. I said she got through it, but she says that the only podcast that got me through chemo was No Agenda. <laughs> <laughs> We're good for many things. <laughs> hey, now, everybody. In the morning. It should be on your doctor's list. I'm telling you. Yeah, listen to this show. This will help you get through the chemo. If it doesn't kill you. <laughs> yeah, right. The, if the chemo doesn't kill you, this show will. Uh. So, uh, but, it, but it's been, uh, it's it's just, an, uh, again, I feel, uh, I don't know if you saw the picture um, uh, of the of the Austin meetup, but uh, Mike and uh, and Jane they they put a, a little picture of your head on a stick, and uh, so every meetup we go, you're with us. We just in the group picture, we hold up the your head. Yeah, I figured if I was on this trip, I'd probably end up with my head on a stick anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's uh, it's fantastic, man. It's it's so well. You know, I I said this last year. You know, you should really be out here because you see the the. People like what we're doing. Yeah. It's nice. It really it's, is nice. It's so well, awesome. Well, so before we get into any of the show, why don't we thank some of our executive producers right off the bat there. Yeah. Can I thank uh, the the local producers first? Um, and, I, and I would like to remind everybody, if you're going to donate at one of the meetups, please um, yeah, attach your name uh, to your donation so that we can uh, credit you appropriately. So we still wound up with... Uh, some envelopes with you know no name on it, and it's kind of hard. Uh, and you can always email after the fact. That's that's cool, but it's, it's better on the spot. Ms. Mickey does the administration. Um, but for the Austin meetup, uh, executive producer, as I just mentioned, big ass blonde, uh, and uh, she came in with four hundred and fifty dollars on the spot, which was uh, fantastic. Which we immediately spent on gas <laughs> getting to Dallas yeah, just to get across the street. But that was okay. Um, and uh, I'll just do the associate execs from the meetups as well. So that's we, it. Think take regular or premium. Regular, regular. Well, that's a plus. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Renegade Mickey who came in with an E with an E came in with two hundred and two dollars on the spot, and Scott Lowen um, he came in with uh, two hundred and two on the spot as well. And we uh, highly appreciate their associate executive producerships. And uh, I will. Uh, well, why don't I just mention everyone from the from the meetups real quick? Is that okay? Sure. Or, or, yeah. or, no, we'll do that in the donation segment. I have I have them listed down there. Let's do the associates and the uh, execs that came. All right, in so we the, have in addition to the big ass blonde for associate uh, or for executive producer, we have Lee Daza who decided to do a auto night. He's a knight now. Wow, thousand dollars. Nice. 
And Lee, uh, it, Lee left no note, and we couldn't find anything in his email. I, I know he's, I know he's on a ship. Oh, really? Uh, out of Yokohama. And how do you, uh, how do you know that? I figured it out, but I don't know that he wants to discuss it. So until he gives <laughs> okay. us an email, send us some at jonathanvork.org. Then we'll talk about whatever he wants. If he needs some karma for the ship or whatever, right? Uh, so we want to thank him for being an exec. Uh, Hello to all ships at sea. I forgot to say earlier, and yes. he's on a ship. Dennis uh, Stevens or Stephen Stevens in Parker, Colorado, three four five four three, who is a, the other executive producer. Finally, decided to end my boner status and donate to the best podcast in the universe. Is a good slave. I've been just getting by, but recently accepted a promotion and thought I would share a bit of my pay increase with you guys. I know you're discouraging this, but I forwarded this URL some time ago to to the fed.com. Cute. I also have been propagating the formula on one of my other websites, attentionsurplusdisorder.org. I have some other promotions in the works, and we'll share them with you in a future donation. Uh, Parker Tech Guy, Gitmo Nation, Mile High. And I do just want to say one more time, I hope that someone is uh, interesting. I don't think you hope someone's interesting. Now, could you just say something for a minute there, John? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is good. Um, whoever uh, has the first 20 minutes of the show, could you please uh, make sure you send that to me? You lost the first 20 minutes. Have we been on for 20 minutes already? Yeah, apparently. Well, I didn't lose 20 minutes. I lost only you for 20 minutes. It's a long story. <laughs> That's all right. Someone has recorded. Is this it. stuff too complicated for you? That machine. Hey, will, will you listen? If I had to explain it to you with the mix minus, it's all right. Someone recorded it, and she they'll send they'll send me the first. Up until this point is all I need. It'll be fine. Okay, here It'll we go. This may get back yeah, on the track here. Yeah. Joseph Amato in North Point, New York, two six eight four four. First time donor. Glad to be finally getting rid of this two year old boner. I'm calling <laughs> out the froner as being a boner. Give him a douchebag. All righty. Douchebag. He turned me on to the no agenda, and I'm grateful. He's, he's been a donor before. Oh, I guess he wasn't a douchebag. Oh, well. But I think it's time he got to the front of the show and pointed up some cash. This amounts, I'm sorry, this represents the year I was born and my age plus 200, which is 26844. Uh, do the math. It works both ways. I would love some stock karma as I'm supposed to get some stock in August and need the price to rise. Good luck. I would also like a clippity clop and national anthem. Oh well, let, let's uh, we'll do a national anthem at the end since we're already yeah, running so long. I actually so have long. an end of show clip, and after that, we can do the national okay. anthem. I'd also like to use this donation to request some more research on two things: the missing DA from PA and the alleged botched attack on Hillary Clinton. Now that Joe, oh, yeah, caught, yeah, yeah, this is like one of those unreported. Uh, yeah, news I got stories. a lot of unreported news today, by the yeah. way, for people. Do, let me hand. Do I hand out the karma here? Are we ready for it? The clippity clop. Well, no, let me just uh, let me just see what else we have here. Is there any more information? The missing. Yeah, yeah, no, we haven't got anything on that. Okay, yeah, hand out the karma, and we'll work on the other stuff. Clippity clop. The message is clear. Clippity clop. You've got. <laughs> nice. Was there the karma in there? Yeah, you've got oh, karma. Oh, yeah, I heard it. You're right. Ugh, I'm, soft. I'm off kilter today. David Daniels in Dallas, Texas, 250. Hey, hey. Thanks for a memorable evening at Caves. Instead of counting chemical signs on corn farms in Illinois, enjoy counting the casinos on Oklahoma on your way to Kansas. <laughs> yeah. 
great meeting you too. Yeah, great. Uh, Joshua Polson, Ridgefield, Washington, two fifty. Shergal in the chat room. Uh, moving to past to half past mid tonight. May I please uh, send some karma down my way to my pump because they need to pull it up to see why it's broken. Okay, karma. Uh, for oh, the pump. Hey. you've got karma. And uh, Joshua. Uh, I have a for the the Thursday show. I have a special little report on on water pumps in the state of Washington and the scam going on, which uh, was affecting uh, uh, Eric DeShilla at the moment. Oh, this is the Agenda Twenty One stuff you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and that uh, that's was we'll do that next Thursday. It's cool. uh, I, still it's collecting data. Okay. Chris Cowan in Austin, Texas, two hundred dollars, finally becoming a donor. I'm about to head over to the Hot Pockets 2009 tour right. Yep. Uh, he needs a de-douching and some general karma. All right. Absolutely. Oops. Sorry. No, no. Didn't mean that. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. It always takes a little while to get into the new uh, setup, so just bear with me here. Okay. So, uh, by the way, you never sent me the uh, mini show. Yeah, I did. I emailed it to you immediately. Oh, I, you sent me something, but I thought it was something else. Yeah, well, so then don't say I never sent you. I sent well, you. I thought you didn't. Uh. I, was, I was being sincere. All right, so what do we got for today's show? Well, hold on a second. First, I want to thank everybody. Thank our uh, executive producers, our associate executive producers. I want to thank uh, Dave Koss and his wife, of course, for uh, putting up with us and letting us uh, park uh, the sin bin out front. And, of course, a big in the morning to everybody in the chat room, the human resources, all charged up, ready to go. And uh, I would like to remind you that uh, our value-for-value value model is the way that we keep literally the show on the road. Dvorak.org slash N-A Of course, you can always go out and do something very important like propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, kid, get ready to say it. Yeah, that was good timing. Yeah, By the way, I would also remind people to go to channeldvorak.com slash NA, no agenda show, no agenda nation.com to help us out. Dvorak.org slash NA, of course. Um, I did have a PR um, initiative that I needed to mention. One of our uh, uh, one of our producers is a teacher. I, and I don't I know I don't know if it's Pete the Teach. I'm not quite sure who did this. Uh, let me see if it's listed. And he uh, he apparently had a test for his students, uh, the grammar fall exam. And uh, one of the questions <laughs> was uh, about pronouns. And uh, so you have to pick the pronoun. And here's one of the questions on the test. The No Agenda podcast, who slash which slash that is recorded in the morning twice a week is up for podcast of the year but will probably not win is the, <laughs> is the answer a who is the answer b that or is the answer c which <laughs> that's the way to propagate the formula to the little slaves yeah. that is beautiful man i love that fantastic um, yeah, so what's up for this morning for the uh, for the show, John? Well, I think uh, we have a meme and we need to propagate it uh, because the New World Order seems intent on doing so. I'm a smoker, I'm a 
That's right, everybody. I'm the Joker. It's no longer um, the uh, Aurora shooter, the movie massacre. It is just the Joker. We've brought the meme full circle. Tell me you have something, because I got just tons of stuff about this Joker stuff. Uh, you know, I hope you don't overdo this one. Well, I I didn't. I was hoping that we could. You know, I think the whole thing has got is deteriorated. I do have the one clip just to show you the kind of pathetic. Uh, uh, I'll get my one clip out of the way, and you okay. go off. All right, whatever. all right. It's just a little but bit. They, they've, they've, they've tried to play up the, uh, the uh, well, the certain pathetic qualities. Just, I want you to play this a clip. They had this girl that was on CNN or someplace. This pathetic little girl, she was just not too happy about this whole thing she experienced. She was looking at she was 12, even though she was made up like she was 20. And uh, and she's just sitting there, so sad, looking with her eyes down, turning into a sad look. She's just a sad, sad little girl. And then they're just pl- making her feel worse. And so then they show this shot of a whole family around her center. This it was a stage shot, and she's in in the middle. She just looks miserable. And then they and they they ask her some important questions, and you go, "Oh, this is so pathetic." But I'm thinking, this is like it's just like. It's besides being staged, it's like exploiting a little kid. How has this changed your life? There are certain things I can't like hear or certain things I can't look at or certain things that I can't do or even wear. Like what? Like the clothes that I wore that night. I don't want to put those on again. Popping sounds? Um or like banging if it if it sounds a certain way and i can't really look at popcorn wait a minute where was this girl why does she have all this trauma this little girl was at the movie apparently wow wow this is good oh this is a human interest uh, piece yeah, showing you how the destructive this whole event was oh, to the little girl, and yeah. who shouldn't have probably been at the movie in the first place at midnight. Right. I mean, she could have gone to a matinee. I mean, I don't. I mean, she looks like she's twelve or eleven. Ugh. And she shouldn't have been at the movie in the first place. But that's that's yeah, you know, she's pathetic, and they they make her look pathetic, and they shot it this way, and it was kind of like, ugh, please. I mean, we don't need this. So I have to say that. Um, the whole uh, Joker thing was definitely on everyone's mind at, uh, at both the meetups, which is why I, I pulled some clips. And, of course, the place to go to see the script unfold is always going to be either ABC or CNN, uh, being the most compromised so-called news organizations in the universe. And, of course, if you really want to uh, understand the script, you have to listen to the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, she'll known as Aaron Burnett, or Burnett, as we say in uh, in Texas. And, of course, uh, the first thing we need to uh, be very aware of is that uh, we have the uh, the Maryland Joker now. You heard about the Maryland Joker, John? No. Oh, no, we got copycats, man, of course. Maryland today, there were echoes of last week's echoes. Colorado attack. Police say that Neil Edwin Prescott is in custody. Uh, there we go, three names again, because, you know, you're, only, you're not a terrorist until you have three names. You got to use the three names, like you know, John C. Dvorak. Custody after he allegedly called himself a joker and threatened to quote load my guns and blow everyone up. <laughs> what is there something wrong? The guns they explode? I guess I don't know. Prescott allegedly made the threats in a phone call. At-
as he was being fired from his job. This is perfect. So everyone who gets fired from your job, you're now immediately a suspect to become a joker. At a software company. When people... And, oh, by the way, and you're a techno expert. When police searched his home this morning, they found a cache of 25... Cash. ...guns, mostly automatic rifles, and thousands of rounds of ammunition. Thousands oh, of rounds! Oh. Thousands of rounds of ammunition! Tonight, Prince George's County Police Chief Mark McGaugh, I t spoke to him earlier, and I started by asking him how serious he thinks these threats were. Now, you got to listen to this, because this is, this is the fear that we're pumping into your veins, people. I think he was very serious, and very, very serious. we went um, in 36-hour investigation, and uh, on the statements that were made, uh, our interview with him, or Anne Arundel County, or another agency close to us, he was very serious, in my opinion, something that yeah. we could not walk away from. And, and what type... Now, now, just so you know, here, the, the truth of what's happened here is the guy was getting fired, he calls someone... And we don't even know who he didn't like he called the police or anything. He called someone and someone overheard him saying, oh, I'm going to load up my gun, my guns and blow it all up. So then the cops are called. They uh, take the guy into, quote, custody and they're holding him. Then they bust into his house and they, they find his cache of weapons. So this is all this is all, you know, very kind of anti-constitutional and it's all based on hearsay types of guns did he he have we were talking about you had said he had 25 guns uh lots of ammunition what sort of an arsenal did, did you find arsenal he had 25 uh weapons in his home most of them automatic weapons yeah that would be semi-automatic weapons sir um several um automatic rifles that would be semi-automatic rifles sir Thousands of rounds of ammunition. Oh. ATF is, uh, has that uh, or those weapons now and are categorizing them and checking for uh, uh, ownership on those weapons as we speak. How, would, how easy is it to obtain thousands of rounds of ammunition? And is there any situation oh, that you... go back to that? Oh, yeah. No, no. This is it. This is, this is all focused on the ammo. You could think of where anybody would have that in, in some sort of a normal existence. Well, uh, you can uh, you can get ammunition online. There's several different ways to get that type of am ammunition. I would say that very few people have that much um, automatic <laughs> weapons ammunition. Uh. But obviously, uh, were, you, were you surprised as a law enforcement official that someone could have amassed all amassed. of this and, and, and 25 automatic weapons without being noticed? I mean, I know you said the ATF is checking and sort of the registration of, of those weapons, but were you shocked? I was I was surprised by the number of weapons that were in the house and just uh, how lethal these weapons are. Yeah. Okay. How lethal it all what is. What are the specifics? What weapons did he? What automatic weapons did he actually have? Uh, assault rifles, which are semi-automatic weapons. I mean, they show. Yeah, maybe the, he had him. Maybe they they had him filed down. No, so they please. Could, no, please. No. I mean, he he said automatic. Why would he lie? <sighs> really. Well, uh, it seems that he'd be telling the, nothing but the truth. <laughs> so then we have, uh, for some reason, we got what, what kind of a question is this? Were you surprised? <laughs> it's a that's a great question. Yeah. So for some reason, we have to bring in the uh, police chief of New York City into the conversation. <laughs> Uh, who, of course, you know, has heard about this, and you know, we've got to protect the theaters. You know, we can. They were uh, the police chief. Uh, the New York police were involved in the all the uh, analysis of the Denver shoot or Aurora shoot. Yes, shooters. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's some reason Ray for Kelly. this, by the way. Ray Kelly. Well, I think it's um, 
Just don't bring the New York cops in at the drop of a hat. <laughs> but for it's, every it's Ray event. Kelly. Ray Kelly is the guy. Remember, he's, he, he was the guy who was consulting the London police on the riots. And this is like, he's like the shill in the mix. So they bring him in all the time because he's the one that's, you know, outfitting uh, the police with, you know, really militarizing them, getting them tanks and all kinds of stuff. This guy is a military industrial complex sales guy. That's why they keep bringing him in. So here he is on uh, on what's happening in New York and how they're f- afraid of uh, copy, cap, uh, copycat, copycats. Let me turn your attention to Aurora, Colorado and the things that are happening in the wake of it. Just today in Prince George's County, Maryland, I don't know if you're familiar with it, it's right outside uh, uh, D.C. Yeah, duh, just get on with the script, Candy Crowley. Uh, Police arrested a man who had quite a big arsenal with him. Arsenal. He said, I'm a joker. Joker. I'm going to load my guns and blow everyone up. Oh, it's changed. It t- I'm going to blow everyone up now. So she's embellishing the script. It's called an ad lib. In the wake of something that got as much publicity as Aurora did, did as much damage as Aurora did, how big a concern are these copycats? Ooh. Well, they are a concern, and one of the things we did in New York was to post uniform officers at all 40 theaters uh, showing the, uh, overtime. Uh, the movie. Overtime! What? Oh, overtime. overtime. Overtime, yeah, of course. Uh, cops love yeah. the overtime. Yeah, we need more more money. Yeah, but exactly. very few, by the way, very few cops will work a month without doing lots of overtime. That's so scammed. It's, it's, it's sucked them. It's fine for the, the cops, system. but it's not the too system. great for the taxpayers, no. and most of the time it's a waste of money. Yeah, and they get to see a cool movie at the same time. Which is kind of a Benny. That's something that uh, we'll see. At least people will claim the possibility of it after high-profile uh, events. Uh, it, it, is, it is unfortunately sort of standard fare. And this individual was uh, apparently uh, going to lose his job or threatened to lose his job. And you'll see these sort of uh, threats surface in those in those types of, of situations. Yes, you'll see this happen. So just so you know, you're going to see more of this happening. So now we go back to Burn It, and she's... Hey, by g- the way, yeah. so say we had their, moved the Aurora Theater into some place like in uh, near Waco, Texas, and, and the guy came in. What, what do you think would happen in Texas if this guy came and started shooting up the place? Well, you know, this is an argument that you can look at from multiple sides. Uh, of course, what you want me to say is, well, yeah, everyone would pull out their weapon and put a cap in the guy within three seconds. Of course, the argument doesn't hold up because everyone is, well, you know, with the with the smoke bombs and the confusion, we would have had more death. It's like it's a it's an endless argument. I, I can't even get into the argument, although I agree with it. But, yeah, if that happened in Texas where we I don't think we have uh, gun free zones in movie well, actually, theaters. the right answer would be it wouldn't happen in Texas. No, because, because of yeah, because fear. everyone knows, hey, I don't I shouldn't go doing that unless I want to get killed because that's what's going to happen. And this guy didn't appear to want to get killed. Uh, so now we go back to burn it, and of course, uh, this comes down to a few uh, very, uh, very obvious things that we need to do. I'm just curious because I know you've been very careful with the words you've used. That that he is. In- ah! This is the uh, now we're back to the uh, the Maryland uh, police chief. This is very interesting. Custody, um, as opposed to using the words arrested, and and obviously he had not gone ahead with the attack. So I guess a lot of people are going to ask tonight. Are you going to be able to charge him? Is it possible that someone could have had this arsenal? He didn't actually go out and shoot anybody, and he could walk free. Yeah, so, so again, the guy made a phone call. Someone overheard the phone call, his end, that while he was getting fired, like an HR douche. Very be, very deniable. Yeah, and, uh, and then they break into his home. They find the arsenal, which, of course, uh, I'm sure is illegally obtained. 
I'm uh, sure it's totally, I'm, I'm, the, the, the whole thing is legal. And now she is creating a pre-crime scenario. Ah, thank you as very much. some horrible Before situation. crime, it's pre-crime. And he plays right into it. Well, that's being looked at right now at the state's attorney's office uh -huh. um, as far as uh, local charges, but also on the federal level in reference to... Oh, yeah. Should have had those weapons. Yeah, fe federal level, of course. Bring in the feds. Yeah. So we're looking at every angle and every criminal aspect um, to charge this individual if it's appropriate. But our first and uh, immediate response was to get him mental help if that's what he needed. <laughs> because, of course, you're insane if you have a gun. You're insane. You need some mental help, obviously, son. Um, if it's appropriate, but you do intend to, you're, you're going to do everything you can to press charges. Is that fair? But you're, you're going to, like, screw the guy, right? Please. To say? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. There's absolutely. charges pending right now. Oh, yes, yeah. ma'am. Oh, there yes, are charges pending right now. Oh, All yes, right. So you do anticipate you're, you're going to be making... Charges of what? Char well, that's what's going to be interesting to watch. Apparently, you know, you can't say anything. You can't say... Who said he, you know, he may have not even said anything. This is like a great way to set somebody up that exactly. you don't like. Exactly. So you know that, Bill, I hated that guy. He was like always telling me to code in you know, he just because he could code in PHP and I couldn't <laughs> yeah. didn't mean he had to lord it over me. You know, that, that guy's got a big gun collection. Yeah. Hey, I have an idea. Yeah. I heard him say he was gonna load up his guns and blow everyone to kingdom come. Let's call the cops on him. Exactly. And it gets worse. Let me turn your attention to Aurora. Again, let me turn your attention now. Please, uh, that's page 19 in your script booklet, uh, sir. You got that? Yeah, okay. Colorado and the things that are happening in the wake of it. Just today in Prince George's County, Maryland, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's right outside. Uh Do you hear the same words? They're saying the same. I don't know if you're familiar. So we just heard Burnett say, let me turn your attention. I don't know if you're familiar. Now we have Candy Crowley saying, let me turn your attention. I don't know if you're familiar. It is the same writers. Uh, D.C. Uh, police arrested a man who had quite a big arsenal with him. He said, I'm a joke. I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. This is the one I wanted to play. Here we go. Yes. When, when police first encountered uh, Prescott, he had a T-shirt on that said, guns don't kill people. I do. Is, is, that, is that true? <laughs> yes, ma'am. When... Interwilla County went initially yesterday to interview this individual. He did have um, that T-shirt on. So there you go. Free speech. There you go. There. Screw free speech. <laughs> there you go. Now, of course, uh, the good news is that the original no, joke. I don't know. What, stop again here. I mean, I don't think we should even be. This, this is probably belaboring this story. But what, I mean. What if you saw that shirt on somebody? Wouldn't you just think the guy was a clown? He was just joking. A joker, exactly. It all fits together. Thank you for pointing that out. You're a joker. Oh, oh, you're a joker, just like that guy. The memes in this thing. We're going to be living this with this for years, John. For years, we'll be living with this joker thing. Oops. And of course, uh, he was insane. Uh, Candy, you might remember on Monday, school officials, including the. Really? Thank you. All right. So I don't know what happened to that clip. So the guy was insane. But there is an interesting angle that uh, is going somewhat unreported. Uh, his father, James Holmes's father, Robert Holmes, um, was a, he's a, he, is, he developed uh, algorithms that helped find and uncover the LIBOR scandal. And he was wow. scheduled to testify in the Senate against the banks. 
this to me is that is a pretty good. Interesting tie-in, interesting possibilities of what this could be. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, uh, you really want to testify? Uh, let's see. Here's a, watch this. <laughs> Don't look over here. Want look to at see your son. Funny? Yeah. Look watch at your, this. Yeah. Uh, well, how's your boy doing, by the way? You know, the one that lives in uh, Maryland. Yeah. You know, you know that one. <laughs> yeah. If he even has one, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, the shooter has claimed amnesia. Uh, of course, uh, this really, to me, uh, as he was reportedly, what he really did was deny the whole thing. Yeah. And, and oh, we you were talking about the, the guy in Aurora shooter. Aurora. We don't even know if it's the guy uh, we've seen it, in the pictures. We don't know anything. We don't know anything about it. Um, but I think that you'll even agree with me that this uh, there's so much, so many loose ends around this thing. And that particularly when you bring his dad's relationship to the LIBOR scandal. I mean, I mean, this is like, uh, I mean, please. I think not. This is just too weird. That's a good find. Too so weird. So you're leading to that as the punchline. That's good. That is my punchline. Exactly. So do, you didn't see the Olympic uh, opening ceremony. Oh, gee, John, you know, I decided not to watch because I figured if I paid too much close attention, uh, then the Illuminati uh, symbolism would probably mind control me into doing something bad. So no. Um, and by the way, uh, I don't I'm not in the habit of pretending that something is happening live when it happened six hours ago. I just I can't do that. It, you missed out. I heard it was completely un no one understood what was going on it was it was this it, it i can tell you what was going on okay For one thing it was it was it started off if you have a minute to get the rundown on this this was the most i mean first let me tease the fact that most of it consisted of dancing bankers <laughs> really yes actual dancing bankers bankers no all dancing no and curiously they had a giant map of the city of london and all the bankers would accumulate there in the middle and then they start doing the kick wait a minute how do you know they were bankers they were dressed as bankers they had the tails and they had this the, the top hats oh, and they these... were talking about how they were financing industry they had to, it was the history of england completely <laughs> leaving out the royalty it starts with a bunch of poor farmers dancing it was a, bankers dancing bankers <laughs> poor farmers and then the farmers came out of a tree that they would and they the royalty the monarchy was completely left out of this except for a, uh -huh. a sequence where the queen was thrown out of an airplane awesome good start really she yeah was, the, the and then apparently queen? james bond jumped out afterwards to shoot her after she landed whatever the case <laughs> was shoot her lived. Wait, wait wait a minute I'm telling you, you missed out I on missed the greatest out. thing ever. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you go. Okay, so the royalty, was, the royalty was completely left out of the presentation, which was the story of England, beginning with the idiots in the field, the farmers, and then they, then, and they toiled the land, and then they, they switched them to the workers. And, and then the big factories cropped up all over the place with huge – I don't even know where they got, that, got these chimneys to go up into the air. They had to dig some big holes. <laughs> smoke out of the chimney stacks and then they were they were <laughs> their whole goal was to mold the rings of the olympics and then the the bankers the dancing bankers came in and all the, they were dancing around and all the one-time farmers became workers and then the, it, it goes from it goes from farmers to workers to the national health care system everybody uh, about after that, that was in it. a in a in a sick bed in a hospital <laughs> with the dancing doctors 
Oh my who were supposedly real doctors, but I was seeing there's professional dancers in there. So, so the history, and it ended there with with a with a dystopia of rock and roll. Uh, Mr. Bean. Uh, it was unbelievable because it said the history of England went from peasantry to the Industrial Revolution to being permanently sick in bed awesome. to a, dis- a, a, a just a, a mess. Oh, it was now, the, now I it feel was, bad. It was the most weird, and it was all subconscious. I don't believe they meant to do any of it or oh, send that yeah. message. Okay, sure. No, they didn't. Sure, I'm sure they didn't mean to. No, I don't think so. Uh, I'm telling you, these guys were. I think it was. I think this is deep. This is in the consciousness of of England. They have given up. There was no hope for the future. Wow. It was a. It was a dystopia at the end. People that and the the royalty was eventually portrayed at the very end as clowns. Who were thrown out of airplanes. No, that was at the beginning. Did they really throw the queen out of the airplane? Yes. No. But she wasn't in. It wasn't her. It was a, it was a stunt oh, double. Okay. Oh. Obviously. <laughs> Good. She wasn't very. She was. She had a. She had a scowl on her face the whole time. <laughs> they finally portrayed the, uh, the, the British monarchy as a bunch of clowns that come in in the end with these weird outfits on. And it was a joke. The whole thing was with no hope for the future. It was a it was a it was the British Empire giving up. It was the it was unbelievably. And everybody was all jacked up about it. this is the best thing ever. It was, but it was. It was actually depressing if you you really analyzed it. Sure? I don't think the Brits even know what they were looking at. You sure it wasn't the uh, the, the 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 British Empire giving in instead of well, giving up well, to the dancing bankers? Yes, maybe. to the dancing, the dancing bankers. bankers were dancing and dancing. They were the only ones having fun. So all I know about the uh, about the Olympics is um, that they about the opening ceremony is that apparently NBC decided to edit out the terrorism tribute. Yeah, they edited that out, and I guess the guy there's some guy giving a salute to Hitler, <laughs> <laughs> which a lot of camera guys caught, and they wouldn't put it on. Wait a minute, who was saluting Hitler? Some German in the audience. When the German athletes came out, the guy was he did a high an Hitler? old man. He did He's a an high- old man. He looks like he should be captured and put in prison. Awesome. He, Giving a salute to Hitler, but 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 that was on the live uh, on the live broadcast. Someone caught that. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> somewhere, but it, it wasn't on the NBC. NBC didn't have any of that. <laughs> but but wow. here, to, I feel bad now that I missed oh, it. You I'm missed gonna, out. Oh, you would have had more material because you would have deconstructed some stuff I'd missed because you've been in England. You would have yeah. seen some stuff that I. I well, you know, I, I in all fairness, we were packing up, getting ready to go. You know, we didn't really yeah, have time. Be- yeah. Um, so anyway, I looked at it. I put that. Here's my notes. Exercise and low self-esteem is one of the things I put in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The queen jumps out. And they also had the, there's a couple of little things, but, but here's to me is the epitomizes. Here's, here's a clip of Matt Lauer. Uh, yes. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, she's with Mer- Meredith Vieira. Now, now these two people. Are doing the over the, the discussion and on top the, the voiceover and the whole thing. Now I want to point out that these two people are at the forefront of network broadcasting uh, in terms of what they have to do on a day to day basis. They're the, they're making millions and millions of dollars, and this clip epitomizes what it makes you wonder what else don't they know besides the little mockery that they put at the very end of this clip where you go. What? They don't even know this? 
And we're back in London with the opening ceremony of the 2012 Summer Games on the East End of London. And as we've been telling you, the opening ceremony divided into major sections. We have already seen the transformation, the transition from the agrarian era in this country to the Industrial Revolution. We're in the middle of another transition now, one that we're actually still living through. <laughs> this from industrial to the digital age. Yeah, the title of this section is Frankie and June Say Thanks, Tim. Tim being Englishman Tim Berners-Lee. If you haven't heard of him, we have neither. What? <laughs> What, Tim Berners-Lee, the inventor of the World Wide Web? They don't know who that is? Exactly. You're kidding me. Meredith Vieira and Matt Lauer. If you haven't heard of him, don't worry, we haven't either. Oh. These people are being paid millions and millions of dollars. And they don't wow. even know who Tim Berners-Lee is? It, 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 now, in this day and age? And, and are they part of the news division? I would think the Today Show, they run the Today Show. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, hold on a second. I am going to give it to you. Thank you. Definitely. Clip of the day. So there awesome. is... Isn't that amazing? Uh, <laughs> just draw, draw. No, no. It, Stop it's not the a... recording. I got to get this. I have to go poop now. I mean, <laughs> this is crazy. So the wow. only other clip I have, I only got two clips, and this is the other one. This was at the beginning, I think it was Bob Costas interviewing Tom Brokaw. They both took a junk at the, to London to go to the Olympics. And Brokaw's discussing the security and, the, and, and then the idiocy of apparently the mayor of London uh, and what he thinks. And I have to just make a comment after this because I'm going to ask you if, if what he asserts is even remotely possible. Has a different dynamic than the United States. Is it this one? Is it London Olympics Kickstarter? Yeah. Okay. States. How prepared is London? Well, as best we can tell, very prepared. And you have to remember that within hours of the announcement that London would have these games, they had a terrible terrorist attack in the city. So much of London depends on public transportation, the tubes, what we call the subways, the buses. And everyone I've talked to, the American experts as well as those on the ground here, say that they've done everything that they can, and intel is the key. They have penetrated these cells. There are going to be British special forces all over the city that we'll never see, and cameras everywhere. So you can only cross your fingers and hope for the best. The cost of an Olympics can always be controversial, especially now with a global recession. This is going to cost billions and billions, a lot of it devoted to security. Will London regret it or be happy about it in the end? If you listen to the mayor, they're going to be very happy. They have a very colorful mayor here, mm -hmm. Boris Johnson. We've been seeing a lot of him. And by the way, if you think he's been so busy he couldn't get a haircut, this is his haircut. Yeah. And he's counting on these games to kickstart the economy, bring more people to London. The country is in a very deep recession. They hope to emerge from it in much better shape economically. All right, what's your question? Has anybody ever put on an Olympics and then you, like, watching it go, wow, that the swimming competition was great. I think I'm going to go to London on my vacation. <laughs> I mean, really? Well, you know, you know, here's here's what he, he thinks this is going to kickstart the economy. He's created a white elephant in the middle of nowhere, London. Yes, <laughs> these stadiums are useless for anything but the Olympics. It's uh, East London, and they actually tore down a lot of East London just for it. But but so here's what's interesting um, about what's happening. Um, couple things. Uh, most, first of all, you've got to think that uh, just like any other professional big-money sport, 
this is rigged. I mean, we haven't even discussed this yet, right? Um, and the German magazine, uh, let me see, which magazine is it? Um, the local, no, hold on a second, let me just open this up and I'll tell you what it is. Yeah, the local.de, it's a, the, the German edition. Uh, they report on uh, German scientists who have already predicted Germany will uh, get 15 gold medals. And I bet you, <laughs> I'm just going to bet you that they're right. That they are, I mean, this is too big for us to even think about because, you know, who's really the winner or, you know, what country is going to do something. Uh, and, of course, nobody wins in this. Uh, but I thought that was very interesting that Germany is, you know, the scientists in uh, in, in Germany are predicting 15 gold medals. But more importantly, what we're seeing on television, and, of course, I'm sure you haven't watched much else except the opening ceremony, is uh, empty seats everywhere. Yeah, there was actually one story. I've been watching these uh, foreign news broadcasts mostly, as you, as I've been starting to do. And there have been a number of reports. You don't see it in the American press so much, but you see it on the foreign press. And it's like uh, they're, they're baffled by the – they had the big race between the two swimmers. It's supposed to be a big deal. Yeah. And, the, and the swim stadium was, I'd say, third full. It was two-thirds empty. Well, you know and why? They, and they were commenting on it. You know why? It's because all, especially on television, all of the the lower seats, the ones up front, are all reserved for, quote, the Olympic family. And the Olympic family is, of course, officials of the International Olympic uh, Committee, uh, the sponsors, all of these douchebags who are involved in this incredible high-end scam, this money-grabbing scam. And I think they all know something's going down. They're like, well, you know, maybe we're not going to go right now because, you know, we heard kind of about the, you know, the thing. You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And so, of course, they forgot well, that. That'll the- throw a crimp into the mayor of London's plans. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's their seats. And so that's why they're empty because the sponsors and the Olympic family, the officials, as they're known as, they're not going. They're not showing up, and those are the seats are the ones that appear on camera. So now they're actually talking about bringing in more military to get out of uniform and sit in those seats. Brother. I'm telling you. Well, the whole thing is, uh, I don't think anything's going to happen, A. Uh, but uh, you can put it in the book if you want to do a contraprediction. Well, we uh, already have the Rockefeller document uh, as a scenario. Right. There is a scenario in play, but I don't know if it's going to be executed. Well, I don't know either, but it's a scenario. Because especially if nobody's there. <laughs> well, but that that's how you get to your 30,000 number or whatever it was they predicted. You know? Just take away your, uh, you know, most of the people just leave the stadium kind of. It's all these different events. But I just yeah, found it well, uh, interesting. It's, it's 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 hogging too. Much. It's actually not only hogging the American news media. It's also hogging the international media. Has you know you watch the news and news, and then the next thing you know, ah, no, no, Olympics. China's you know, especially the Chinese, because they're apparently going to win everything. Yeah. And they did have. I did see one clip on the Chinese uh, station uh-huh. uh, of this this female swimmer against our swimmer and another. It was like it wasn't even like it was like a different. It wasn't even in the same dimension. This Chinese swimmer was like miles ahead of everybody. Oh, else. really? Oh, wow! It's like a machine. 
Could be a robot. Yeah, okay. Put that in the book. Okay, I got a couple of... Uh, Chinese swimmer injured. Electrodes pop out of leg. <laughs> what you got? Some a- There's some action going on. Unreported news, generally speaking. Course, I haven't seen yeah, too much of, of it. The action in Africa between Rwanda and the Congo. Uh, now, okay. if you remember, in April of 2011, we discussed this and predicted the Congo was going to be a center of attention. Yes, because there's so many ben Chinese. Affleck, oh, that's right. Ben Affleck was assigned the Congo as his uh, uh, PR territory. Right. And so now we're starting to see a very interesting thing develop, which is that there's a revolution going on in the Congo that seems to be financed by the Rwandans. And so I have a couple clips here. Let's see if we can find them. Um, I just turned on the air for a second, by the way. I'm, like, melting away. Try to start off as we get a little background on this because the America, we've stopped giving money to Rwanda. The, the Then the I guess the U.K. did, and then the, the – or the Dutch. <laughs> the Dutch yeah, of course. We yeah. all stopped – and and there's so there's a here's part of the report and then they go to the R- Rwandan foreign minister who who says she literally says you know we never asked for the money we maybe we don't even deserve it so what difference does it make if we take it or not and then they'll go on with what's actually going on so this is Rwanda and the Congo yeah rebel soldiers continue to cause chaos in eastern Congo. United Nations and the international community have put the blame squarely on Rwanda, accusing the government of supporting and supplying the rebels with guns, ammunition and even soldiers. In a swift response, several Western donors came down hard on Rwanda, suspending aid to the country. First, it was the US, then the Netherlands, and now the UK. However, Rwanda remains unshaken. This money given to our countries we haven't worked for it. We don't maybe even deserve it. We don't know. <laughs> so if you decide to feed me or cut the food, I haven't really worked for you. I, you know, you don't owe me anything. It's your decision. Rwanda has already held discussions with the UN group of experts behind the damning report implicating Kigali of having links with the rebels in eastern Congo. Key issues raised include the standard of proof against Rwanda's involvement in the ongoing fighting. Huh. The standard of proof they're talking about, that what they mean by what the Rwandans are saying, hey, you can't prove a thing. Show, prove it. You're, you're just talking a big game. Well, what's right. really going on, of course, and then eastern uh, Congo, by the way, is specifically the AFLAC assignment. Yes. Uh What's going on is obviously the same old, same old. The Congo is the – most people now consider it the richest resource for mining natural minerals oh, in the world. You don't say. You mean there's uh, gold in them, our hills? Good article in October's uh, PRI's The World. Funny thing happens to some Chinese when they come to Rwanda. They relax. Perhaps it's the balmy weather or the vistas of rolling hills and lush valleys. Perhaps it's the pace of life. It's nice living here, says Edward Yin, who moved to Kigali, which is the Kigali, which is the uh, place he mentioned in the report. Kigali is the capital, uh, I believe. Uh, they set up a mobile foam factory. The people here are friendly and generally honest, and they go on and on and on. Uh, and they're, the Chinese have built, they're building a huge infrastructure in Rwanda. They built this beautiful Kigali Convention Center, 
which has got photos all over the place. It was uh, they, they have some Germans in there helping uh, manage the Chinese because the the uh, Africans don't fully trust the Chinese. But they but apparently China's running the country for all practical purposes. They're doing everything in there, and they're behind the this. Congo thing that we picked up on back in April of 2011. So, so here's a tip, and I think there's uh, two million uh, Africans in uh, in the Congo. Here's a tip, and I've done this in Austin even. If you're in a cab, a taxi cab, and you'll see, you'll find this all over uh, the world, but certainly in the in the United States, and uh, you'll have an African driver, and that would be from the continent Africa. You can and you say, hey man, where are you from? And they'll say Africa. Now, first of all, because that's what because they think we're all stupid. Right, you're like, Africa, because we think that you know, all oh, these Americans think that's well, a country. That's because I, look, you're a cab driver, and you've said a million times, "I am from you know uh, Somalia, Rwanda. Somalia, people, Rwanda, exactly." And then yeah, people where's go, that? "Where's that?" Okay, so the first thing he says is, "I'm from Africa." So then, if you and this is it's fun because these guys are fun to talk to. You say, "Yeah, okay, man, but what what country?" And then he's like, "Okay, this guy switched on." So we'll say Somalia or whatever. Say, oh, really? You know, how long have you been here? That's your set. That's kind of your follow up. You know, like three years, five years, whatever. You say, so um, how's the Chinese doing? I swear to God, you get the biggest smile from the guy. He'll be looking at you in the rearview mirror. He's like, oh yeah. And then you say, hey, and uh, who's the uh, who's the president or prime minister of your country again? And he'll give you a name which you probably never heard of. You say, yeah, pretty corrupt mofo, right? He's like, oh man. And then it just goes on. And you can just sit back, relax, you can pop your earphones on, you know, and you'll just hear the, the funniest conversation. And you can do it with every single African uh, cab driver. And, and not to sing, say that they're all cab drivers, but man, you, you can pick up a lot of great information. Yeah. But China is the key word. Yeah, the China. So the Chinese are <laughs> behind this, and we have... There are some very strange stories. I haven't gotten to the complete bottom. And by the of all way, could you uh, could you uh, since we discussed this in 2011, could you please ref- uh, refer to them as the Chiners? The Chiners, right? Yeah, because not Chinese, so, uh, it's Chiners. So there was a report the UN wanted to release in June of this year, uh, making the claim that Rwanda was uh, behind the, the oh, Al Shabaab terrorist. Let me guess. No, it wasn't that. It, no, we don't know. It was just that, no, it was no terrorist. It was just uh, the, the government. And we... And, and the difference is... Well, we had it suppressed for some reason, and then we let it go. We wanted it... We, we told them... I haven't gotten to figure out why, but we wanted it suppressed for two weeks. Huh. So there was something going on between June, the middle of June and the 1st of July... That had something to do with all this. I don't know huh. what what the deal is, but there's this this is this is not reported for shit in the United States, and this is the next big blow up that's going to happen. But right now, we have to keep our eye on the ball, which is Syria. But believe me, this Rwanda Congo thing with the Chinese and and all that yeah. the, the riches of the Congo yeah. are just not. To be ignored. This is a huge story that hasn't. Uh, well, if we if we'll if, have huge legs eventually. What if we follow our own logic? We know that right now we're in all countries in Africa and we're busy kicking the Chiners out as best we can. But we've apparently we're unable to do so in Rwanda. So we have to find our Plan B, which I think will terrorism, terrorism, ben Affleck, yeah, or terrorism, <laughs> terrorism, yeah. Well, there's a, in a different direction. I mean, this may be the the cold play here. Uh, play uh, these. I have two clips. Play Ghana one. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Yeah, no. Ghana has sworn in Vice President John Dramani Mahama as its new head of state after the sudden death of yeah. President John Atta Mills. Yeah. The 68-year-old Atta Mills died unexpectedly Tuesday after complaining of chest pains. Yeah. He had only recently returned from a trip to the U.S. for medical tests. Oh, right. The, the uh, medical tests in the U.S. where they... Uh, oh. Oh, the, the little bomb in them. The little injection. The, the I think it's, uh, if I recall my Breaking Bad episodes properly, ricin is what you want because it has an onset like the flu. It takes a couple days, leaves no traces. Yeah, it's bad. Perfect. So I'm thinking, well, they killed this guy off for some reason or other, or who knows. Uh-huh. But then, later in the same news reporting, this came from Democracy Now!, I think I may have just stumbled onto what it is. The New York Times has revealed the U.S. is expanding its controversial drug war to (laughs) Africa. The U.S. has begun training an elite group of anti-drug police in Ghana and is planning similar units in other countries in a bid to combat Latin American cartels allegedly smuggling cocaine into Europe. A top drug enforcement... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Help me understand. So it's for the South American cartels, we're smuggling uh, cocaine into Europe. How does Ghana fit Through in? Ghana. <laughs> is, is Ghana is the, is the transit hub of, uh, of drugs all of a sudden? An administration official said Africa is seen as, quote, the new frontier in terms of counterterrorism and counter-narcotics issues. Oh, the West Africa Cooperative oh. Security Initiative will reportedly bring a model used in Central America and Mexico to 15 African countries. Despite facing widespread criticism for being costly and largely ineffective, the U.S.-led war on drugs has also seen an earlier expansion in Central America. Most recently, DEA agents have come under scrutiny for being involved in at least three fatal killings in Honduras. Dude, I'm living in the Matrix here. <laughs> it's it's so unbelievable. This is like, first of all, let's go to the premise of this. We're doing it to protect Europe? Why yeah. don't they protect themselves? <sighs> Why are we? Why is our drug enforcement agency going to Ghana and 15 other or 13 other... 14 other African countries to protect Europe from drugs from the cartels in Colombia. Hello? Does this make any logical sense to anybody? Well, it does or to they somebody. Just think that, they think they can just do whatever they want and put this stuff out there knowing that apparently the news media is not going to give a crap. They're too busy covering the Maryland guy and putting Aaron <laughs> Burnett on him or the Olympics. we got to distract people, man. Well, they do a good job of that, but this is like this is like, if nothing else, this is like an amazing waste of the taxpayers' money. Now, on the other hand, if you want to take the side of these, can I just say it might be an amazing waste of people's lives instead of just taxpayers' money? You know, we're also well, killing people in the we, process. We don't really care about yeah. that. So oh, much, okay, apparently. all right, all right. So, but the point is, is that uh, now this may be doing us some good in the battle against the Chiners, yeah. and maybe this is just a scam to make it look like we're doing one thing when we're doing another, which is what I believe to be the case, because let's face it, there's no drug traffic from the cartels through Ghana. Where is Ghana in Africa? Is that is, is there it's a port? The coast. It's over yeah. on the it's in the west in the west uh, so it's, on the it's, east, it, west coast. It's got a port though. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, well then that's... look at my map of Africa. <laughs> well, we got to buy another globe. I had to buy another globe. I should have the globe in front of me. I, and I would say that if I was given a you know the little test they give you, they give you a, a, a map with a bunch of pieces, a puzzle, and you put the puzzle, and you have to name the countries. 
I don't think very many. I know. I know. I no. could. I can do Europe. I can do uh, Eastern Europe. I can do. I can find every state. Well, no, of but course, a- no. Africa Ghana is, is next to the Ivory Coast. That makes so much sense. And next oh, to that Ibra. is and uh, Liberia, which we know is where Africom uh, is setting up its headquarters. Yeah. Uh, then we have Sierra Leone, and of course we have Togo, which has also been in the news. I can recall that. Um, let me just see Ghana. Yeah, Accra. We have a, we have one of our knights in Accra. Huh. And by the way, our knight in Accra, Ghana, who's which is the I we, guess we haven't the, heard from him in a while. No, we've heard from him a few weeks ago. So my friend uh, Greg, who is a professor at uh, who's also a, a, an African expert, he's always in Africa, uh-huh. typically hanging around Ghana. Yeah, he runs into the guy at a bar. <laughs> no, he runs into and our he, knight. Yeah. <laughs> Says uh, so. Well, yeah, I, I listen to No Agenda. You listen to No Agenda, Dvorak thing with Curry. He said, "Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I contribute to the show." The guy, this douchebag. Give him, a, give Greg a douchebag thing. Douchebag. He says to the guy, "Stop giving them money." <laughs> no. Yeah. Why? He says because there's poor people in Africa. Oh, please! That need the money. No, 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 no. I, I, I beg to. I, that money I, I doesn't go to, to anybody in Africa except to the kings and the, yeah. the fake rulers. The, the douches. The douches. So don't listen to Greg. He's a douchebag. All right. Now let me. Uh, oh, let me do this. Uh, let me focus your attention. This is this is the new thing. This is the new script. Let me focus your attention on Syria. Uh, now we had a couple days in between the last show and this show, so I was I was like, oh, I wish we had a show because I can report on this because what we were seeing in every single news outlet was the prediction of the massacre in Aleppo. Did you pick up on this? Yeah, we had nothing. Man, they used the word massacre. There was one show, I think it was on CNN or one of the networks, where they actually did a whole piece. Did they were John, John on the word massacre? John the Guardian was live blogging. The expected massacre. They were live blogging it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like all of a sudden, like we have this, uh, this we figured out because the 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 rebels have said, oh, you know, they're going to come and kill us now. I mean, I just it's just report after report. Every single uh, certainly uh, United States publication. It's like, oh, you know, all Aleppo's. Not, it's just last time we heard that douchebag Victoria Newland predicting. Um, um, you know exactly where the bomb attacks came three three days later. Here's Euronews. Amid fears of a bloodbath. A ba- yeah, amid fears of a bloodbath. Where did this did the memo come out? Battle between rebels and President Assad's rebels. troops for Syria's rebels. second city of Aleppo is said to be well underway. Opposition fighters have been trying to defend rebel-held areas against days of bombardment. And as military aircraft reportedly... By the way, they're using the same footage of the military aircraft, like, you know, one jet kind of circling around, you know, just doing nothing. Pound Aleppo again today. Activists say government tanks are moving in ahead of a final onslaught. Heavily outnumbered and outgunned, the rebels are still keen to show off armored vehicles they say they've destroyed. Visiting his British counterpart, Turkey's Prime Minister has called for international steps to address the military assault and Syria's threat to use chemical weapons. There's a build-up in Aleppo, and the recent statements with respect to the use of weapons of mass destruction are actions that we cannot remain an observer or spectator to. 
State TV has broadcast footage of government forces fighting what it called terrorist groups and rebels in Damascus. This is General Robert Mood, the outgoing head of the UN monitoring mission, said he thought President Assad's days in power were numbered. Yeah. Okay. So they, uh, they all said that, the, by the way. Everyone yeah. used the same thing. Days, Days are, are numbered. numbered. Days are numbered. That's like a meme. I think it's the title of the episode. You know by the, the way, our, by the way, our, I just want to mention that our knight in uh, Accra, Sir Dean Bertram. Not, yeah, I remember him. So we report on all that, but meanwhile, there's just the internet is just filled with pictures of this train transport going through Los Angeles with hundreds of tanks on it. Have you seen these? No, I missed that one. And we don't know where they're going. But there's just you know, there's, there's tons of pictures. There's a lot of B-roll about that, too. I'm not sure that... Well, these, these are you know just independent people putting it on Twitter and posting it around. Uh, apparently, pictures they took themselves. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm skeptical about really? some of the ones I've really? seen. Maybe because I ran one on my blog like six months ago. And people debunked and it. some it. guy claiming to see this thing going by Hollister or something like that. And then a whole bunch of people came, ah, yeah, this is old. It's out a year ago. It's something else. And so I'm skeptical about that. I'm just as skeptical as, as I am about the uh, the reports that we see were unconfirmed. I mean, this to me is just unconfirmed. Well, so so I'll say, I'll say, yeah, but... If you put all the pieces together, there's a lot of weird things happening. Um, we have the Department of Justice. Um, if, I don't know if you saw this. They took over. Uh, they, it's, it's called the takeover. But essentially, they've moved in uh, in first New Orleans uh, because of all the corruption. I, I We didn't get to the clip uh, on the last show I had it. Um and they, you know, they just like, oh, they just took over, uh, just took over the New Orleans Police Department. Now they're doing the same in Seattle. Ten. The deal is done. The Department of Justice and the City of Seattle finally come to an agreement that will change our police force embattled in accusations of excessive force. And we now know the details of that deal, but some are questioning if it will make Seattle any safer. I'm Marnie Hughes. And I'm Matt Lord. City leaders and the Fed shared what's behind... The Fed? Why is the no, Fed... the Feds. He said Feds. Oh, Feds? Okay. ...in this agreement reforming the police department. There will be more oversight of officers to stop bias policing and the use of excessive force. A community policing commission will be chosen by the mayor, approved by the council. It will work with a monitor appointed by the city and Department of Justice to make sure the police department is following the reform plan. Police must revise their use of force policies and enhance police training, clearly defining the use of force requiring officers to report it when they use it or witness it. So we have this, uh, you know, this kind of meme, the way I think it's playing out is they're saying, uh, well, there's too much excessive, uh, and this is happening in uh, in California, in Anaheim, uh, is the next one to fall. So they're saying, well, there's police brutality, the cops suck, uh, Department of Justice, and I guess the feds have to now come in and manage the police departments, which is, uh, the, the feds have no business managing our uh, our state and local police departments but you know under the guise of it's going to make you safer because you know you don't want to get hurt uh they're, they're bringing in all of these uh all these federal i guess uh oversight people uh, which to me just sounds like control then we have something else which is happening this has started in new york mayor bloomberg big proponent of this is the so-called stop and frisk which is obviously a blatant violation of the, the way, of the Fourth Amendment. Yes, those those riots in London, 
when the, if anyone gets to see the documentary about those, remember the riots that they burnt down the yep. block and yep. they did all this stuff. Yep. It was all these kids and they blamed it on one thing or another. Mm-hmm. When you see the documentary and, they, and you read the papers on this, this was a reaction to the police. It's all it was. They hated and it was because of stop and frisk. It, parts of London, they were basically stopping oh, yeah. any kid. Oh, yeah. And just frisking them out of the blaze. Hey, pull eyes. Yeah. So this is happening. Uh, I've, so this has been going on in New York. It's very controversial. And there's another city that started this. I'll get to that in a second. First, here's our friend, once again, the uh, military-industrial complex shill, Ray Kelly, about how good stop and frisk is. Let me ask you about a particular law in New York City right now, stop and frisk. You know detractors of it uh, have said that uh, police unfairly target minorities, blacks, and Latinos. Police have said, look, this helps us keep the city safe. Look. The ACLU has said that you're eroding trust uh, when you do these sort of stop and frisks. How about eroding constitutional rights? Uh, with folks who may just go out and buy a gun because they no longer trust the police. Do you worry about that? And do you see a way that... By the way, did you hear her slip that in, John? Folks who just might go out and buy a gun because they no longer trust the police... This is uh, which is oh the- you know that guy right by me that's a yeah yeah that yeah, the good practice catch. could be changed uh, that might address some of these concerns. Well, sure, we worry about it, but uh, sure. I want to tell you that it is a tool. It is a life. <laughs> it's a tool. Saving tool. Life saving tool. tool. It's a no no. It's a life saving tool. It's a life saving life saving tool. It's the jaws it's of life. Tool. It's the jaws of life. Has the lowest murder rate of any major city in America, and we're, we're very proud of that. And I think it's a product of proactive policing. And the stop, question, and sometimes frisk is one of the tools that we use. And by the way... So it's actually stop, question, and sometimes frisk. And it's a law, apparently. I don't think it's a law, but okay. I think they passed... What? No, it wouldn't be. What would they do? How would they... I don't know. Stop, yeah, question, and sometimes frisk. Every yeah, what kind of a law is that? In America, it goes way back to uh, common law. It- what?! What he says it, go- it goes back to the for, to the British redcoats is where it goes back to. Let's listen to that again. By the way, it's used in every police jurisdiction in America. It goes way back to uh, common law. <sighs> I'd like to see that. This goes way back yeah, to common law. To Somebody give us a, a, some real information. Yeah, we we, we need a, a lawyer. It sounds here. like bull crap. Uh, we can understand that people don't like to be stopped. Don't like to, at the very least, lose their time. But we think it's, it, it, it is effective, and uh, we see, uh, you know, in every city in America, certainly every major city, uh, we still see so many young people with access to guns. And, uh. and that's who's getting killed on, on the streets of, uh, of our cities, young people, mm-hmm. usually young people of color, quite, quite frankly. Oh, you know, it's a, it's a war on blacks. That's what it is, quite frankly. It's uh, young people of quite color. Quite frankly, it's a war on blacks. War on blacks. War on blacks. So where else is this taking place? John, can you just guess what other fine, uh, free, open, loving, libertarian city in the United States of Gitmo Nation is also now applying this stop, question, sometimes frisk law, which goes back to common law? Do you have any idea, John? Well, I would guess, I mean, if I was just to take a, uh, cra- just a shot... I mean, it would seem to me Chicago would be a good place, mm-hmm. and San Francisco would be a good place, and Los Angeles would be a good place because they're all good liberal towns. So you get uh, you get two buzzers, 
and you get a ding. All aboard, Oops. train's good. <laughs> what? Train's I get a train's good, too? Wow. Yeah, that's a bonus. San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee had already been calling for police to start a stop-and-frisk program. This week, he decided he really, really wanted it. Now, more than ever. <laughs> Mayor Lee telling reporters, quote, I am as, if not more, committed, and especially in light of the massacre that occurred in Aurora. If you're not familiar with stop and frisk, there's a good chance it's because you've never been stopped and frisked. It's a policing technique. It's probably because you're not black. In which officers pull up to whomever they choose and demand answers about why you're standing there. And why are you standing there? Hey, slave, why are you standing there? Shut up, slave. What's in your pocket? What's in your pocket, slave? You just happen to see me. What you got in your pocket? And so on. One minute you're minding your own business and the next the police have you up against the wall. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. One minute you're black and minding your own business. The next minute your black ass is up against the wall. You In could theory, be a Chicano. You could police be a Latino. Oh, no, you, you could be Mexican, too. It's fine. For drugs and guns. In practice, stop and frisk is confrontational almost by nature. And because it depends on police officers deciding which people to confront, the burden of being stopped and frisked tends to fall heavily on African-American and Latino men. For them, being called to account by armed police officers is an ordinary part of going to school, or the store, or the park, or their apartments. The numbers on this are astounding. Yeah. Yeah, it is astounding, and I think uh, 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 the white people of America need to come to our black people, our black citizens' aid in this, and this shit has to stop. This is a total blatant violation. This is going violation. to incite massive rioting. Just like in London. I think, I'm glad you pointed that out, John. It's just, it's, it's crazy. And maybe and they want be, it. There's going to be property damage that you won't believe. And there was, oh, and it's going to be like, oh, why are they that way? I mean, they got it, you know. And by the way, not, and what's happening, and what is happening here, the way this is being reported, I believe, is you're sitting there watching, going, oh, well, it's black people. Okay. Uh, it's not, it doesn't affect me. But uh, this is how it starts. So first, you know, they came for the black people, and they didn't say anything, and they went for the Chicano people, didn't say anything, they went for the Latin people, didn't say anything, and all of a sudden, my white ass is up against the wall. This yep. is, you, you really, people, this is, this is, I mean, it, John, this is illegal, it's not, it's, this is not allowed in America. If you don't have probable cause with sworn testimony by a witness, you cannot be searched or asked for your Auschweiss, Correct. Yeah, well, good luck with that when you when you got the cop on you and his buddies. There's a lot of um, hey, uh, yeah, trying to make trouble. Yeah, what are you doing? What's in your pocket? My penis. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my answer. You're in particularly going to get into. You're going to get oh. clubbed. Oh yeah. Well, no, I I have a. I'm lucky. I got Miss Mickey. You see, yeah, Miss, they, Miss they, Mickey keeps me out of trouble. Yeah, the cops go like, "Wow, she wouldn't be hanging out with with a." There's going to be a lot of rioting. In fact, there just <sighs> a just a, well on that topic for a second. I do have a clip. There's I'm watching uh, Van Katz ah. and uh, French TV, and they do a thing on Saturdays where they go over all the magazine covers and discuss what's in the French magazines. And Olan, the guy who's the new uh, president or prime minister, president, the guy president. who's running the place, president. He uh, made all these promises, and 
<laughs> Apparently, he's backing down on most of them, and he's he's done a couple of things. But there was a little prediction. I didn't. I don't have the whole clip. I just have the end of them going over this his cover, which they call the L'Express. L'Express. Yeah, L'Express. The uh, right wing uh, magazine. They say he's a hypnotist. <laughs> says hypnotist. But play this French uh, L'Express <coughs> cover. But when reality strikes, while well, Hollande may have some harsh news to announce to the French, uh, which could be a big contrast with his campaign promises, which could trigger riots across France. Uh-huh. Mm, riots! No austerity, didn't you? Anyway, he, and you can tell as well from that magazine cover, they're not going to like him very much from the, the angle they shot him at there. Now for some lighter stories, what's in... <laughs> now for some lighter stories. Wait a minute, here's... Uh, riots predicted. Here's the, uh, here's the French, song. Here, riots in France here's are the so song. weird. Here's the song. Here's the song that we got to be uh, playing. Hold on a second. Everybody, I predict a riot. You know the song? No, who is it? The Kaiser Chiefs, man. Yeah, I'll fast forward. Ah, shit, I can't find the refrain. Never mind. It's I predict a riot, riot, I predict a riot. Here's a a 10 second clip that I got a kick out of. <laughs> Talking about Syria? Yeah. Play this mother of all battles. Hold on a second. Mother of all battles. All right. Heating up for days. Military operations there have been described by Syrian state media as the mother of battles. <laughs> is what, it- what is this with this with these Middle Easterners that everything has to be the mother of something? Well, that's an Remember inter- that they have to yeah. in Iraq. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting. Uh, it's a meme they have. It's like this will be the mother of all battles. It'll be the mother of all wars. This will yeah. be the mother of this, the mother of that. Well, does, the, well, the, what it, that is a good question. What is does that mean that the because the mother spawns like the whole family, like there's the, just the beginning. It's the I have it's the only definition of the mother of. Hold on, the mother of all. I wonder where that comes. There must be some uh, some uh, etymology around that. The, yeah, mo- here, the mother of all. There's a oh, there's a book of knowledge entry. Huh? The book of knowledge. Reading from the book of knowledge, the mother of all has become a stock phrase in English language public discourse and popular culture. It implies the largest or most significant example of a class which completely overshadows all other class cases in the class. For example. The mother of all battles would imply the largest, most destructive, and most significant battle ever fought. History. <laughs> popularized in recent years, though not introduced by Saddam Hussein, then president of Iraq, after the invasion of Kuwait, bulletins to Iraqi citizens advised them to prepare for an invasion and, quote, the mother of all battles, promised in a speech titled, The Mother of All Battles. <laughs> <laughs> if the U.S.-led coalition forces attempted to evict his army of occupation from Kuwait, the phrase mother of all battles in this instance was a translation of the Arabic expression um al-manayrik, which is common trope in uh, Arabic public rhetoric. Interesting. It's actually more interesting. Um, right along with that, we had uh, Dennis Kucinich, now, he got v- voted out, right, Dennis Kucinich? Uh, did he lose his primary? I, think, I, I, think, I don't believe I think Is he, that true. I think he Let lo- me look at while you're doing yeah. this. I'll look him up in the book. Of so he's on uh, Russia Today, which I guess is the only outfit that will still have him. <laughs> and uh, he has, so, he, I mean, he basically, 
you know he what? He goes really communist in the. If, uh, if he if he uh, is no longer in government and he wants a gig and uh, you know and I'm incarcerated. Just call him, John. He'll be the perfect guy for the job. And are we going to regret this entire decade of our foreign policy? Uh, we should. We should because the war in Iraq was based on lies. Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction. They had nothing to do with Al-Qaeda's role in 9-11. They didn't, they didn't have anything to do with an anthrax attack on the Capitol. So when you look at this, uh, you see Iraq was, was a misadventure, and the people who led us there still ought to be held accountable. Uh, we're going to spend five, you know, maybe three to four trillion dollars just for Iraq alone. Afghanistan, we should have never invaded Afghanistan. We, we should have learned from what the Russians found out about Afghanistan. We couldn't learn that. But what do we say now? We just say, oops, sorry? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, we have to reappraise our position in the world. America cannot be the policeman of the world. America cannot tell other nations how to live. America should not try to pick the governments of other nations. We should take care of things here at home. We should be doing something about a level of unemployment that has 10 million people out of work, that has millions of people still losing their homes, that people are losing their, uh, uh, their benefits, their hospitalization, they're losing their retirement security. We ought to be focusing on things here at home and stop building this far-flung military empire. It is insane for the United <laughs> States to keep spending trillions of dollars abroad while we have problems here at home. Let's make America a showcase of democracy instead of trying to pretend we can do that in other places around the globe. I, it's insane, I tell you. <laughs> it's so, insane. Okay, here it is. Due to redistricting by the Republican-controlled state legislature, uh, <laughs> this is a good one. Redistricting, okay. They redistricted him. It said Ohio's 9th Congressional District was absorbed part of Cuyahoga County, abolishing Kucinich's district oh, oh, no. and pitting him against the 9th District incumbent, Mar Marcy Captur, who's very popular, apparently, right. in the 2012 primary, which he lost. Okay, so how, here's how it works. It's like, we got to get rid of this, this guy, but he's so popular. Let's just remove him, his whole district. <laughs> and make him run against some other buddy else. Oh, that's amazing. What a great idea. Oh, it happens all the time. They really gave it to him. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, he's, he's a troublemaker. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, so we have, that's Iraq. Then we have Iran. This report, uh, again, uh, it's from the Ministry of Truth. It's from... Uh, Aaron Burnett, and she, uh, she, it was so obvious, and of course there's all kinds of great memes and, uh, uh, and great abbreviations in this report. At the end, though, is where it really comes down as to you know, how all of this stuff works and how we're mind-controlled and programmed to buy into it. And now our fourth story out front. The bunker buster is ready. The bunker buster is ready, John! It's ready to roll. And we're going to show it to you right now. This is uh, this is what it can do. This is the biggest weapon in the American military's arsenal. It's the mother of this all is weapons. A, this is the mother <laughs> of all weapons. This is not a new weapon. Well, no, no, but there's something additional that you didn't know yet. It's known as a massive ordnance penetrator or a... I just love hearing her say that. I just like to go up to say, I have a massive... massive you whisper that in ordinance, my ear. Yeah, a massive ordnance penetrator, baby. Mop for short. And when Air Force Secretary Michael Donnelly was asked this week whether the bomb is ready, he said, quote, if it needed to go today, we'd be ready to do that. Ready to roll! Now, there are 20 of these bombs that have been made. Boeing is the maker. And just to give you a sense of the size, each of the bombs <laughs> is more than 20 feet long. It's big, baby. My MOAP is big. Each of the bombs weighs about 30,000 pounds. It's massive. And one of the weapon's primary missions is to pulverize bunkers that could be up to 200 <laughs> I can penetrate you. feet below Hence the Earth's the name. Uh -huh. surface. And it listen, so happens listen. that there is a particular country the U.S. is worried about. But uh, 
what what particular country is the U.S. worried about with underground bunkers? It has just such facilities. That's Iran. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And there is a problem. Those military, uh, those bunker busters may not even be powerful enough to destroy. Ah. There's the oh, problem. Gotta nuke them. No, 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 no. Listen, it's better than that. Uh, whatever may be deep underneath the surface in Iran. So they actually have an upgrade already in the works. Ah, oh, they're upgrading. <laughs> they're oh, I, upgrading. You know, I, this is what gets me. Here's the story. <laughs> they're upgrading so the bomb, John. They're yeah, upgrading to a bigger bu bunker buster too. Yeah, but what are they? What, what are they? Is this like a Windows 8 upgrade, or you know, what are they doing? Well, there's going to be a lot of fixes on Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday fix for the Moab. Yeah, exactly. So here's the deal. Why don't you? You, you got this bomb. It's apparently a killer. I mean, this thing really blows a hole, right? Yeah, yeah. So you drop the bomb and you blow a hole. Why don't you just drop another bomb into that hole? Yeah, but then, but that's. Uh that's that's not an upgrade, man. We need to force the yeah, upgrades. But then you don't have to spend all this money on a dumb upgrade. You just drop these. <laughs> they got twenty of them. You keep dropping the same drop bomb in the hole. You're going to get down there pretty quickly. Here's uh, so here's the the beauty is at the end of the report. Now this is important to note that this comes as the Washington Post reports that Iran is building up its military arsenal with missiles that could potentially hit American ships stationed in the Persian Gulf. Oh, okay, there you go. That yeah, would right. be the USS Enterprise, which is uh, still scheduled to be scuttled. So I'm I just put it in the book, man. We're going to have. Uh, you think the Enterprise is going to be sunk? The Enterprise is going. Well, it has to be sunk. They're going to scuttle. They're going to. But they. It's cheaper than dismantling it. So it's yeah, the enterprise is going to get sunk, and the Washington Post reported it. Notoriously corrupt uh, news organization, in my book, which I'm still writing. And uh, and then we'll uh, have a reason to roll out the uh, upgraded bunker busters because the bunker busters are ready. <laughs> they're ready. I like the idea. Of, the idea of sinking. The, you know, they're going to kill people doing this with this scam. Really? People that yeah, I hope we have some listeners on the enterprise at least are always prepared. You know, keep stay around a life jacket. No, that's just the cost of doing business, man. Just the yeah, cost. Well, of anyway, yeah, the enterprise sinking. They could do that if they sunk in the right spot, the Strait of Hormuz. Which which is where the enterprise which would is clog up the the whole Mediterranean, uh -huh. which is of course what we quote unquote really don't want to happen. Uh -huh. Clog up the whole Mediterranean and screw up everything except for certain pipelines. Uh huh. I think that would be ideal. And would, the thing is, if you can only deconstruct the, uh, the economic model of what companies would. Uh, go down, the stocks would c collapse, and what companies the stocks would go up. If you can figure that out in advance, well, I haven't. That's I exactly the almost almost exactly the scenario played out in the uh, uh, Rubicon miniseries that played thirteen episodes, and they pulled it off the network. Uh, exactly. But now, what what was the uh, what was the plan in the in the series? And that how, how did it work? At the very end, they had started a. Uh, they had exploded a couple of uh, boats in the in the uh, Gulf of Mexico that had screwed up some oil rigs. There was something something to do with something, but it was it had to do with with sabotaging American vessels and then sinking. Ah, okay, so the such, so the script was out there and the enterprise the out there, and they've done it before. It's not like you know this is not the first Remember time. Remember the main Gulf, Gulf of Tonkin. This has been going on forever. The, the main was a good example. Yeah. Some people believe the Lusitania, but that was the German thing.
Mm-hmm. I mean, this kind of thing goes on. And yeah, the Gulf of Tompkin was a complete scam. It's very well documented. And it's admitted, admitted that it was a scam. They eventually admitted. But yeah. you know, if you admit it after 20 years, nobody cares. Oh, okay, well, it's not that way anymore. Well, we care. It keeps our little podcast going. Yeah, well, we're the only ones, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Golf of Tonkin. In the morning. I want to start by thanking a few people, and then uh, Adam can uh, follow yes. up. Yep. We have Chris Eisbach. Uh, parts unknown. I don't have a note from him. Uh, 14729. I'll have to look in the email. Sir Brian Bauer and Wooten Bassett, Wiltshire. Um, $100. That's where, the crop, that's where the crop circles are in uh, Wiltshire. Hmm. Sending this donation to help Adam and Mickey on the road to their Hot Pockets tour. That should be a day's worth of gasoline. Keep up the excellent work on the best podcast in the universe. L. Sid Campeador <laughs> from the fifth column. We would like a round of karma for everyone in the show. $100. You've got karma. Yeah, <laughs> you almost did it again. Not Eon, no. Ian. 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 <laughs> this is a mental block that I got to help you with, man. Yeah. I can get in you West through this. West End, Queensland. $100. Here's the best. Here's for the best podcast in the universe. It's my small donation as I've been uh, here since day dot. And I'm now earning a little, very little back in the trade after not making any money as a poor, starving podcaster. Please do not dedouche me as only $100 does not come close to repaying you for the thousand plus hours wow. of depressing commentary. <laughs> And my desire to give up on any positive outcome for the human species. I give up. We're all screwed. Yeah. (laughs) But in the meantime, could you please send or give some slide whistle karma to my 21-year-old daughter, Sabina, who's currently in Wisconsin as a camp counselor looking looking after some of the U.S. slave kitties in the summer camp. Just hoping she can survive the American culture. And not get TSA'd as no, she travels t- around. TSA'd. TSA'd. Yeah. Yeah. She's already said, Dad, I have so many stories. America is hysterical. Please look after her. Please plug my site, createyourlifestory.com, and help people with recording someone's life story. By the way, that this is a great initiative, and I believe, in fact, I should be doing this with Create Your Life Story? What? Tell me about no, it. No, I should be getting more oral histories and, and recording them in one way, shape, or form. Oh. And he's got a website that helps people do this. It's very important that we all do that. Uh, otherwise, we lose good recipes. Isn't, isn't, it, isn't it just what we call a blog, John? Isn't that kind of what it is? No, no, we're talking about you get somebody and you, you just grill them. You make them, you tell, you get, you have to re- interview people. Okay. It's not a blog. All right, let's, uh, some karma for his daughter, Sabina. Karma. There you go. With a slide whistle. You wanted slide whistle karma. Heather Simkin in Henley on Thames, Oxfordshire, seventy-seven, seventy-seven. Hello, lovely John and Adam. Here's the balance of my PayPal account. That's a smart move, Heather. How uplifted I feel spending it on the pursuit of the truth rather than some random unwanted consumable that I've been brainwashed into believing will improve my life in some way. You boys definitely improve my life with your probing analysis and witty banter. So it's a no-brainer, really. Please send some karma to the gorgeous Charlie and wonderful Samuel. Love from Heather. You've got karma. 
Christian Collins over here in San Carlos, California, $75. No comment. Justin Flood, West Babylon, New York. There we go. 69.69. In the morning, longtime boner, first time donor from Gitmo Nation, Tasty Bagels, Long Island, New York. Your last show was so great that I had to donate. And that rhymes. I wanted to send birthday shout to my beautiful wife, Jessica Flood, who has her 29th birthday on the 29th. Also, I'd like to ask for some little girl shut up slave karma for some help in our attempts at creating our own little human resource. Thanks again. You guys keep me sane. All right. Hope this works. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Matthew Wittering, Bedford, Bedfordshire. 69.69, thanks. Uh, here's some money for the Hot Pocket store. Even though I'm based in Gitmo East and wouldn't benefit from meetups, could I have a light sprinkling of karma? Can you play the little girl version of Shut Up Slave and Two to the Head? Cracks me up. <laughs> um, okay. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Awesome. That's tight. That was good. I like that one. Brandon Savoy in Silverdale, Washington, home of the Silverdale Mall. 69.69. Hey, John and Adam, I hope this pays half of a tank of gas on the Hot Pocket Store. I'd like to define a sound effect combination. Two to the head plus shut up slave in Italian <laughs> equals Italian mob hit or Italian mafia hit. With that definition, can I get a, an Italian mob hit? Okay. Of course you can. We're happy to do that. Shut up, slave. You've got I think you need to just the, the Italian part. Okay. I mean, you don't have it cut that way now. But no, I think in not the future currently. Be good. It would be Italian. It would be called the Italian Mafia hit. Let me see if I can. Uh, I can probably uh, hit it on. Okay, yeah, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Eric Nagel and Bunschoten Spackenberg. Bunschoten Spackenberg. Uh, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Best show ever, especially the three-hour version. <laughs> uh, and he, he ends it up there with Toppy. Christopher Gray, Grand Blanc, Michigan, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Grand Blanc, the big nothing. It's Toby Stidham in Haymarket, Virginia. Are you? Did you just insult our uh, producer there? No, I insulted the town. Oh, okay. Haymarket, Virginia. No, he's a good guy. He sends a. Uh, he routinely sends us uh, checks through this system. Right. Nice, nice. Haymarket, Virginia, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. <laughs> wow. Nate Wilson, Wichita, Kansas, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Will it ever end? So far, it hasn't ended. We almost lost the sixty-nine, sixty-nine meme about two or three months ago. And we because once barely... once it's gone, then we'll no longer accept sixty-nine, yeah, sixty-nine yeah, donations. We'll no, just, refu- just we'll just refund you the money. We're not <laughs> we're not doing that, but we're stopping <laughs> the we're stopping the bell ring. I think we should sure. do that. I think you give sixty-nine, we're just going to refund it. If if we break the chain. And then it's, it has to be gone forever. Then we can no longer accept sixty nine, sixty nine. That's that's my uh, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Roy Pingle, Brooklyn, New York, sixty nine, sixty nine. Like your Clinton U.S. polls connection to Saudi money analysis. However, Bachman is a nativist and Gaffney a warmonger. But sometimes broken clocks are right. From the other side, Egyptian political economist Samir Amin writes in the October Socialist Monthly Review. <laughs> we have a great variety of listeners. The back to the past vision has slipped even further to the right with the Muslim Brotherhood and has adopted its stance from the most archaic in- conception of Islam, Wahhabism promoted by Saudis, which is also referred to, by the way, mostly in the 
the foreign press as Salafism. Salafism, and yeah. People don't, Americans don't, never heard that word, but that's what you're listening to. They think, it, the they think it's a, a, like a hero, like a tasty snack. Uh, Sterling Post Print Solutions in Toronto, Ontario, 69, 60, no 69, just 69. Asking for some karma at the new book guy show, Video Podcast Construction. Please put the 69 donation towards the knighthood for our new Irish podcaster, Kevin Lawler. I'm drunk, but John doesn't have to do the voice. You didn't sound drunk. No, didn't sound drunk at all. You've got karma. Probably can handle his liquor. Gerald Small in Chesterfield, Missouri, 6789. I sent you a lengthy email from Jerry Small at Yahoo that you can choose to read on the show or not. I thought you apparently we're not going to read it. I thought you guys would be interested in what I recently discovered. Along with that note, our small token of appreciation working through the summer with everyone staying on vacation. Thanks, Jerry. I will go back and look at that note. We'll see if we, we I didn't, can read it. Uh, I didn't see it. I'm, I'm looking at the... Uh, I didn't see it come in, I don't think. Mm, okay. Well, let's just do this. No. Hold on a second. Uh, slowing down the show. Small. Uh, <clears throat> no. no. I didn't get anything from I, a small. Me neither. Uh, probably. You may have a different email address, which makes it problematic. Uh, where was I? Okay, uh, Frank Kaczynski. What? Is that Ted's what? brother? No, this is Kaczynski. Okay. This is Kaczynski okay. in Racine, Michigan, Wisconsin. <laughs> double nickels on the dime. My first double nickels on the dime. I could really use some job security karma. You're sure it's great for the ride home, but it gives me way too much to think about and talk about at work. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is not a good idea. Don't talk about Don't this Don't talk stuff. about the first you rule. find another no agenda listener. You've got karma. We only speak to the converted. Uh, El Yoho in Woodbridge, Virginia. Double nickels on the dime. El Yoho here. I've got double nickels on the dime because it's safer than taking my wife to the movies. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> Hold on a second. In the morning. Hey. July 30th is my birthday. Hopefully, you'll get this donation time for the Sunday show. But I'm interested in being knighted before the year is out. I'm not much of a drinker. I would be interested in some babies and babes, babes and bong hits. Though. Oh, okay, all right. I like a huntsman plus little save slave girl. But you won't catch my little human resource repeating that. Though she is does a very cute in the morning. Send us a copy. By the way, I've got these no agenda shirts, and he wants to send them to us. All right, here we go. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Brian and Farragut, someplace or other. Uh, please credit me as Brian and Farragut. Double nickels on the dime from high above Gitmo Nation on the airplane Wi-Fi. Way home on Friday afternoon. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Please play the Gitmo Nation National Anthem. We're going to do that at the end of the show uh, for people just getting by. Ulrich Hansen in Copenhagen. $50 gas for Mustang Sally. Thank you. That'll be, that's what you got two days worth of gas so far. Keith Gibson, Holly Springs, North Carolina. $50. The last two shows have been great. Good analysis on the MSM, especially the Colorado shooting. One thing I realized this week is all of the recent domestic terrorists that actually kill people use guns, not bombs or other high-casualty weapons. This is interesting, and that makes the gun problem look out of control. Oh, and there are two people involved. One could be MK Ultra. There can't be a campaign to ban all pipe and nails due to several bomb. Oh, that's the point he's making. <laughs> yeah, if they of were course. bombs, then they'd be 
they, you could you you, yeah you can't outlaw bombs you know you get you, 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 you yeah you can't outlaw pipes and nails right and finally well uh, they can you never know yeah you know, they try yeah John P Cummings in San Francisco uh, where you get stopped and frisked at the moment's notice fifty dollars Peter Tote Sir Peter Tote's fifty dollars Alan Martin in Brandon Florida fifty dollars and that'll be our donors at least on this list and you have some more that you picked up on at the Austin meetup yes I do uh, yes I do okay we've got uh, Jamaican in Austin fifty dollars for fifty years celebrating fifty years of Jamaica and ten dollars for gas to get us out of town we just about made it to the city limits of Austin thank you uh, Daniel Jones and his lovely lovely daughter Darcy who just it was the cutest thing ever twenty dollars we thank you for that uh, Sergeant Fred came in once again with double nickels on the dime. He has a note. Adam, here's my continuing support for the show. Please give a shout-out to Dave Jackson of schoolofpodcasting.com for the greatest customer service. Please give him some karma for great success in his business, job, and family. Just getting by, enjoying the real value of the, be- <clears throat> of the best podcast in the universe. Uh, my new slogan is a literal version of... Uh. Uh, but you know, John, you, you're skyping me that, but these are meetups. This is different. We yeah, did it, we I know, did, but you don't. I mean, the rule is that. But we did it last year. Be anonymous. Uh, well, we we need to discuss the uh, the rule. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm just I just make the assumption. Uh, well, no, because these people actually gave us to be credited, because okay. we do have an anonymous. So it's uh, these are okay. I understand what you're saying. Um, so where are we? New slogan uh, lifted from the version, hitting dou- douchebags in the government in the mouth. To all, I'd say, uh, Viva Cristo Rey! What? Viva Viva Cristo Rey! What? <laughs> you heard me. Uh, please more slide. Who's Cristo Rey? Cristo Rey. This is uh, this is from the movie uh, for Greater Glory. This is this whole thing that we don't know about about the Mexicans and uh, and what went on in like the thirties and stuff. This is a, this is a great movie. He keeps plugging this Andy Garcia, Eva Longoria, but this, you're supposed to say "Viva Cristo Rey." It's it's kind of like uh, hit him in the mouth. It's a uh, uh, it's Mexican for hit him in the mouth. Hmm. Just trust me on that. Uh, more slide whistle, please, and have a wonderful tour as your honeymoon, Sergeant Fred. Thank you very much. Here's the karma for Dave Jackson, as requested. You've got karma. Uh, Kristen and Scott Morgan, $150 money card from Walmart. Thank you for putting us into Walmart. We appreciate it. You probably got to go to Walmart Yeah, we'll go to Walmart. Uh, Big S Blonde, uh, as we mentioned, uh, executive producer for the episode today, $450. Dwayne, $100. Gordon Walton and his son, John, great kid, uh, $120. Thank you so much. Anonymous, uh, $60. That was from uh, Austin. And then we have from uh, Dallas, uh, Jeremy Ross Frisco gave us two grams of gold, uh, which is probably about a hundred bucks, I think. Two grams of gold. Uh, maybe. How many? How many grams in an no, ounce? No, no, that wouldn't be that. It would be. Yeah. I don't know what two. I, 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 uh, how many grams in an ounce? Lots. Okay. Grams of gold are worth. Checking the books of knowledge here. Mm-hmm. How much is a Gold worth. Gold is around sixteen hundred now. I think. Yeah, it's up a little bit. A one gram gold bar is worth fifty two bucks. There you go. So, so right. one hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. That was because I know my gold. Uh, Scott Lowen, uh, who we uh, mentioned earlier, associate executive producer, two hundred two dollars. Melissa DeLeon, 
Uh, you know, hold on a second. I'm looking at this website. It says a one gram gold bar. I yeah, mean, it, it's, please. Yeah, it's a gold bar. We got two little gram gold bars. They're beautiful. It's, a, it's not a bar. It's a little flake. It's a little piece. It's, it's not a, a bar. It's a beautiful bar, and it has an inscription on it. It has, it has. It's stamped. They're beautiful. Okay, you know what? If you don't like it, I'll hold on to yours. No, no, no. I, I, I'm just saying. I think it's pushing the, the definition of bar. I'm just saying. It looks like a bar. I'll take a picture of it. I'll tweet it. Uh, Scott uh, did Scott. Melissa DeLeon, $60. And uh, Renegade Mickey, he had a note. Uh, Adam and John, since I'm writing this before the Dallas Hot Pockets meetup, since I'm not up to date on my MK Ultra before... Uh, a B before A mind programming. I can't reference what a great time everyone had Saturday. Nonetheless, please give me a dedouching as I'm the first, a first time donor, long time boner. About a month back, Adam was looking for a replacement for the phrase, it turns out, I recommend, he say, four out of five dentists agree. For example, one might say, Obama promised to lay off people, uh, off medical marijuana raids, but four out of five dentists agree that he is worse than Bush. <laughs> okay. All right, let me dedouche you there. <laughs> You've been dedouched. You should dedouche yourself after that gag. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dwayne, for the beautiful uh, love card for Ms. Mickey and I. Uh, we have another card here. This is the for your wedding from Kristen and Scott. Uh, the the trailer is a bit better. Okay, that's your opinion. And then, uh, again, thanks to uh, Jim Melody and Ben uh, Melody, who uh, claims that the No Agenda show got her through uh, chemo and made that beautiful blanket for us. And even though it's for Miss Mickey and I, John, uh, we'd be happy to have you uh, in the middle of our blanket. Hmm. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, so your support is welcome. Uh, obviously, there's a website for you to go to. org. And if you uh, want to do an on-the-spot donation at one of the meetups, please include uh, your information on uh, on the envelope or on a piece of paper or something and uh, hand it all to Miss Mickey because she does all the accounting. And uh, she does the production of the Hot Pockets tour, and uh, she deserves a, a shout-out for that because it's uh, it's quite a lot of work, turns out. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving now because she's just on the phone, tweeting, texting, texting. Uh, Facebooking, just getting it all together. And, um, uh, yeah, so uh, please uh, support us as we continue to roll um, through these United States of Gitmo Nation. Uh, staying around Dallas tonight with uh, Sir Gene Neftuliev. Uh, we'll uh, be checking out the No Agenda Humidor, and uh, then uh, we drive on to uh, through Oklahoma tomorrow on our way to Topeka, Kansas. Uh, which I think is what we're going to do the next show, but I'm I'm not entirely sure. You can get to Tabika by uh, Thursday. I'm going to try. I think we can. I thought you're going to stop in Oklahoma City. Yeah, we'll stop. You're going to have a meet up there and then keep going. Is that the idea? I might have a hamburger. You're not going to meet with our Oklahoma listeners. I don't know, John. I'm not in charge. Oh, okay. Uh, Miss Mickey, uh, text me uh, what our next meet up is. She'll be able to tell us there. It's your birthday, birthday. All right, El Yoho congratulates himself uh, celebrating tomorrow, July 30th. Justin Flood says happy birthday to his wife, Jessica. She turns 29 today. 
Joseph Amato's son, uh, Robert, celebrated his birthday yesterday. His daughter, Samantha, was born on the 26th, so just a couple days ago. And he himself was uh, a birthday boy on July 10th. So happy birthday from all of your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. Oh, by the way, you can always go to itm.im slash tour09. Uh, that's the uh, numbers zero niner. Uh, it takes you to a Facebook page, which is Ms. Mickey's World, and uh, you can uh, uh, find out uh, everything that's uh, going on with the uh, Hot Pockets tour. And we have two nightings, John, one an instant and uh, one who is giving his knighthood away to his son, Edward Beerthausen. So if you could... Yeah, I can't get it. There we go. Yeah. All right, Edward Beerthausen, send your son over here. And Lee E. Daza, our instant for the day. Thank you so much for donating uh, in the amount of $1,000 or more to the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. So I hereby bestow upon thee the honor of Knight of the No Agenda Roundhood, Sir Lee and Sir Son of Edward. <laughs> you are now Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Hookers and blow for you, babes and bong hits, rent boys and chardonnay, wenches and beer, or hot pants and booze. All of your choice, and all here for the knights who we honor at our roundtable. Thank you so much. Whew. I've turned off the air again. If I were you, I'd leave it off. <laughs> because... You might as well get used to it. You're going to have to turn it off half the time anyway. Well, been... best, by the way, it only takes a few days to get it's, it's, it's a It's a dry heat. There is never a way to get used to 106 degrees. It's a dry heat. And I'm also, uh, I'm worried... I. Right after the show, we're going to have to figure out how to reattach the sin bin to Mustang Sally. I, I've the never. What? So we've got to attach the trailer hook. That requires. Oh, you've done it before. No, I have not. You did it at the place. No, the guys did it for me at the place, which consisted of me backing up, them telling left, right, left, right, you're there. And then they're like, we're jacking the trailer left and right, three guys shifting it on the pavement. But it was empty then. I mean, now we've got it filled up. I don't know. You can't just move this thing around. It's leveraged. Uh, I don't think so. Ah, it's not going to be a big deal. Yeah, we'll take pictures. <laughs> we'll take pictures. There was something funny going on in the uh, up on the hill. What uh, hill? Uh, that hill where all the douchebags sit. Oh, yeah, Congress. Oh, those guys. So they had a... Um, these are the real jokers, by the way. They should have the Twitter handle, the real joker. Um, so they passed a bill to curb excessive regulations. And the idea of the bill, and, and this, was a, this, by the way, was a 45-minute C-SPAN video that I watched. And I, I pulled, like, oh, let me see how long the clip is. It's very short. I pulled, uh, like, a minute. And what happened is, so they introduced this bill... And in the bill, it was supposed to say um, uh, uh, all of the departments in the government of the United States of Gitmo Nation cannot introduce any new regulations until unemployment is at 6% or lower. But what they did was, the way they introduced the bill, they said until unemployment is 94%. What it was meant to say was until employment is 94%. So this bill got passed, was put into law, uh, or in, uh, into record, because it's not law yet, uh, with incorrect language. And, and for the life of me, I can't imagine why they decided to say 94% employment 
instead of 6% unemployment. Maybe it's a positive NLP thing. But at any rate, the bill was introduced and written in incorrectly. So they said 94% unemployment, and of course it had to be or changed. Unemployment. No, but the, the, but the bill said unemployment. So said 94% it, unemployment? Yes. They meant to say 94% employment? Yes, yes. Well, that's so, easy to fix. Well, the way you fix it <clears throat> is you... Uh, you have to introduce, you know, an amendment to change the bill. There's a procedure for that. Yeah. Well, this, of course, Barney Frank, the douche knuckle, was having no part of this, and he just goes on this whole soliloquy, and it turned. I don't have 45 minutes of arguing about changing two letters. Two letters. The further amendment printed in section two of this resolution shall be considered as adopted in the House and in the Committee of the Whole. Section 2, the amendment referred to in the first section of this resolution is as follows. In Section 102B, strike employment and insert unemployment. Is there an objection? Mr. Speaker, I reserve the right to object. <laughs> Blow hard. The gentleman is recognized on his objection. Mr. Speaker, I think we should have an explanation here. Uh, the clerk read the technical language, but as I understand it, what happened was that the bill that we were voting on yesterday and we'll vote on today has an error and gets employment and unemployment confused and uh, this is a bill that would correct the error in the bill that we debated yesterday um, so I wonder why do we now need a, uh, a unanimous consent uh, is this a are we correcting the correction um, it's the old uh, Latin phrase Quis custodiat ipsos custodies? Who guards the guardians? I guess today the question is, who corrects the correctors? So I would ask, uh, I would yield to the gentlewoman from North Carolina if she would explain why uh, we had to get a bill to make a correction and now we have to have a unanimous consent apparently to correct the correction. What is the error? That, what, well, I guess I should say, what's the error of the day? Uh, we know what yesterday's error was. What's today's error? So I'll yield to the gentlewoman. So this just went on and on, John. It went on and on for 45 minutes, and they're all using Latin phrases, and it's all hilarious. But it's, it's about a simple correction. And now I'm thinking, now i got to go download all these amendments and new bills to find out what else they slipped in there. Because I think they put something in, just like what happened to the cybersecurity bill. Did you know that they slipped a little something in there? I'm sure you're going to tell me about it. Yes, I'm going to find you the clip. Uh, hold on a second. I'm, I'm just confused for a moment. Uh, here we go. Uh, so we had the cybersecurity bill. Actually, I should uh, let me play it out of sequence. Let me play you. Oh, no, okay. Here's the cybersecurity bill. They slipped at the very end. They slipped a little amendment in, uh, which is sure to have it not get passed, but the, what the amendment was was very interesting. Wonderful bill the way it stands. It needs to... Oh, no. Hold on. Why is this happening? I'm sorry. Uh, uh... <laughs> Let me find out what's... Where is this? Just at the time of the shooting... Special investigation of doctor officials include. I don't have it. Or was seeing a psychiatrist. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like the opening of the London Olympics. Ah, I screwed it up. All right, I'll just have to tell you. They slipped in an ammo rule. 
into the cybersecurity bill. What? Yeah, you, that you can only you you can only order so much ammunition, and you can't order magazines online, of, ev- anywhere, and you can't buy magazines, uh, which some people cor- incorrectly What's identify this got as to a do clip. With cybersecurity? Nothing, nothing at all. That's why they slipped it in. Unbelievable. So we can stop. So you know, apparently, by limiting the size of a magazine, um, we uh, thwart. Crazy people from reloading. I guess that's. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the the whole idea is to stop people from reloading. No, but it's they, to make them so they have to reload more. Right. So they so they slip that into the cybersecurity bill. So of course it'll never pass. I, I have a rhetorical question. Let's say that we had a big clamp down on guns. Yeah. And by the way, and we will be talking about this in future shows. Uh, you know, many of those 3D printers, if you start really digging around. Yeah, yeah. It, I saw the article. You can print a gun. You can print a gun now. Yeah. Which is going to change the way everything is done. But, that's, but we'll just ignore all this. And this is, let's just say there was a huge crackdown and nobody in Texas has guns. Yeah. What is to stop the guy from either making his own gun or printing or not to print a gun, but just somehow getting a gun and coming in and doing the same? I mean, what does gun? This is the old thing that has been lost to this argument, which is when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. What happened to that meme? Because that meme's still in play. Well, I can't answer this because it's a rhetorical question. Ah, exactly. Yeah. But the point is, is that's bull crap. Having all the gun laws in the world wouldn't have stopped that guy in, in Aurora or anyone else who has a who definitely wants to do something. There's a lot of guns out there now. They they, they can't destroy them all. I mean, it's stupid. It's a, it's a moot argument, yeah. that, which may be why they're go, trying to go after. That's ammunition. why they're going after ammo. Absolutely. But still, you can get ammo. You can get your. You can go to most of these big shops and and load your own damned ammo. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can print your own bullets. Well, it's not printing. You got to actually make them, but you can make bullets. Yeah, a lot of guys make bullets. Target shooters, in particular. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot they need of guys. Exact do that. number of grains, exact yep. right amount. Yep. All right, so let's just continue then with the cybersecurity bill. Uh, Diane Feinstein was up there in the Senate, and she was uh, talking about uh, how awesome it is. Now, remember, in the cybersecurity bill, the whole idea is that commercial companies who provide services, i.e., ISPs. Um, the uh, virus companies, anyone who provides any type of cyber service uh, will be sharing your information with the government, and uh, they are indemnified from doing so. And the reason is, of course, you know, you have to share the stuff so that, uh, you know, so the government can make sure that you're not some kind of terrorist. Uh, But she put it in an interesting way. It's fully transparent. We've tried to work with people in the liberal wing who have concerns about privacy to see that privacy can be taken care of. Yeah, you think there's a concern in privacy, Diane? Uh, We've tried to do it on a basis that high tech has an understanding, defense has an understanding. Um, It's not easy, but um, when and when this information is shared under the bill, you're absolved from liability. And so that's shared with the government. Okay, now how does she wrap it up to let you know, as a as a as a cyber provider, that you will do this, you will obey? She says it in the following manner. So I think that's the positive nature of that of this bill. Companies don't want to share data, but in this arena, 
if we, you know, don't stand together, we will all hang separately. I really believe that. <laughs> We're going to hang you, slave. Wow. We will hang you. Is that not the message? Am I misunderstanding what she's saying? I don't know what she's saying. I mean, she's an idiot. And she hasn't done anything about her grudge with Obama recently, too, which is bothersome. Yeah. Well, it, There's something well, going on. Wait for it, I think. Just wait for it. So, uh, you're familiar with the big army trial going on, right? And, uh, Bradley Manning? No, the, the big one about the kid who committed suicide after he was harassed by a sergeant. It's a big scandal. No. You know about it? No, I don't. Huh. No, I don't. It's, it's funny you don't know about it because I don't think anybody knows about it. <laughs> Was this another rhetorical question? Have you tricked me once again, John C. Well, Dvorak? here's the story if you're interested. In it. <laughs> yes, it's called I am. The, uh, it's the Unknown Chen trial. Oh, okay. Let's hit that. On the fourth day of the trial of a U.S. Army sergeant charged with the mistreating and abusing a Chinese-American soldier, Danny Chen, jurors have heard new details about the type of soldier he was. And the Jessica Stone reports with the latest. To one of his commanders, Private Danny Chen was a soldier to save. At the Fort Bragg Courthouse Friday, Sergeant William Zaid described Chen as physically weak, saying he didn't have the strength or the mindset. Adding, quote, we had to prod him to learn. <laughs> Kandahar, Afghanistan was no place to learn on the job, and Danny arrived without important training. Soldiers say he repeatedly forgot equipment and water, even falling asleep on guard duty. He was disciplined. But prosecutors say Sergeant Adam Holcomb went further. He is now on trial for racially hazing and abusing Chen for six weeks, including dragging him 40 yards across gravel as punishment for leaving a water heater on. PFC Nicholas Cepeda testified it seemed Danny got punished for no reason at all. Okay. Oh, the Chinese are covering this, so we don't need to. This is on CCTV. Of course, you won't hear this story in the United States for some reason because it's humiliating. But but I do have a copy of what PBS and the, and the NewsHour. Uh, here, this is today the end of the wrap-up of today's major, major stories, major stories. Uh, name of clip. Today's major stories. You gotta, you know, somehow you've changed your naming with your new list system, and I can't, I can't identify your clips quick enough. It's just me, I guess. NATO reported today there's been an 11 percent increase in attacks over the past three months compared to the same period last year. Also today, a NATO service member was killed in eastern Afghanistan. There was no announcement of the soldier's nationality. Those are some of the day's major stories. <laughs> now back to Margaret. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, we need to. Uh... Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. My goodness. Now, now, here's the one that got me about the major stories. The guy says a NATO guy was killed. One guy. Yeah, one guy. Name not released. Name and country, country. not released, and that's the major story? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. that's what we're getting. Yeah, that's what people. That's, that's what you get from the... Uh, the national treasure. I got a major story for you. John, can you tell me what is the capital of Israel? 
I think it's, uh, well, I mean, I, the, the center of Israel is Tel Aviv, but I, I believe the capital is still Jerusalem. In fact, if you consult the Book of Knowledge, it says Israel's financial center is Tel Aviv, while Jerusalem is the country's most populous city and its capital. Right. So when the question comes up... I don't up, get a bell for that? Yes, yeah, so I'll give you a bell, absolutely. So when the question comes up in uh, the uh, White House briefing room with Spokeshole Carney, You'd think he'd know the answer, seeing as, you know, you, John C. Dvorak, just some random geezer, you know the answer, right? Yeah. You think he knows the answer? Sure he does. Is this administration considered to be the capital of Israel, Jerusalem or Tel Aviv? I haven't had that question in a while. Our position has not changed. <laughs> Can we... Uh... What's the capital? You know our position now. I don't her position hasn't changed, but he can't give us the answer. What is that all about? It's got to have something to do with uh, with Palestine or something. There must be a reason for him not... I mean, first of all, I think he actually doesn't know the answer. That's a possibility, and he probably doesn't know who Tim Berners-Lee is either. But he, keep, <laughs> but he keeps saying, our position is clear. I mean, what a way to say... Uh, I don't know, because uh, you should just be Googling like we do. Hold on a second. Um, book of knowledge, book of knowledge. He didn't know the answer. Wow. Well, what do you expect? He was once the editor of Time Magazine. Why would he oh, know the okay. answer? Yeah, there you go. That, that answers all. So apparently that that was obviously, he must have sensed that that was some sort of a setup question because maybe yeah. Obama said that the Tel Aviv was the capital. Or, and I, there must be something with either something bankers. There's something behind that story or, because that yeah. didn't come out of the blue by those reporters for no good reason. Yeah, and it sounded like some blowhard Jewish guy was yelling at him. She don't, no, know, that she sound, don't know the answer. No, that guy, I think, is that same guy who asked those real hard questions. No, no, that was not Matt. No, no, no. It was oh, some, it other, okay. some other blowhard guy. And he, but he, she doesn't know the answer. Come on already. What is it? We, we, we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for it. I just haven't figured it out. Maybe the chat room knows why that's... Uh, is, is there some, some... There must be some political reason for not recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, even though the Book of Knowledge, which we know is truth... Uh, says it is. Well, and the Israelis say it is too. So I'm assuming that this got something to do with what's planned when they divide <laughs> up the place. When the yeah, just when they redistrict it. Yeah, Kucinich yeah. is out. Yeah. So you were asking about Cuba. Remember, you said there was something weird going on in Cuba. Yeah, there's something weird going on. I in figured Cuba. it out. Okay. Russia plans military base in Cuba. Oh, this I bet you is the quid pro quo because there was this news story that it was rolling along the bottom of uh, Al Jazeera saying Russians will leave their bases in in uh, Syria if necessary, and then they're gonna go, they're gonna come on over to Cuba, I guess. So it, it's well, they just like okay, you guys don't have we're not we're gonna have to pull Syria. Okay, this is the deal. You lost out on this deal. Well, what are we gonna what are we gonna do with all this stuff? You have it in Cuba. You put you put yourself back in Cuba. It's fine with us. It's they need the money. Have you ever um, heard this script somewhere before? 
<laughs> Gee, uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard of this one. What was it uh, in the 60s, maybe? Well, as long as they don't put nukes in there. But I, I, I like your analysis. I think that's uh, that's spot on. Like, okay, you want to you take Syria? Fine. Uh, we're just going to sail the ships over to Cuba and set it up there. You know how that was so much fun. Remember that? Yeah, that'll cause a slight controversy with the uh, in advance of the election. So let's play the script out then. So what? So how did that work? Well, first of all, how did all that work out for Kennedy? <laughs> that didn't work out so good for him. Well, long term it didn't. No, but um, we had the Bay of Pigs, which he 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 refused to. Uh, they botched. It was a botch. Everyone, right. everybody botched that. Right. And then and then we had the the Russians coming in and then you know they, they were Put on missiles. the phone. We fought, spotted the missiles with a U two, I guess. So oh, well then, here, so maybe. And then we threatened. You, do we, let me give you the real. Yeah, story. give me the story. Give me the story. So they said. So they found the missiles and they said, uh, "We these missiles are no good. They got to go." We made a big stink about it, so we're going to bring it the brink of war. Right. But what actually happened, which has been discussed, and you can look it up, is that apparently we had put a bunch of missiles in Poland or someplace nearby. Oh, 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 oh. hold on a second. Let me read you this little report. Uh, uh, Hold on, let me find it. Let me find it. I can find it. I can find it. Ah, Uh, crap, I can't find it. (laughs) That was a waste of time. We're putting missiles in Poland. There was a news report. Well, then <laughs> we're going to go through. Oh the my same God! Thing it's over. the exact same thing. Yeah, probably. Oh, this is crazy. This is uh, you know it worked before. They're out of so ideas. So they'll put some the Russians will put some missile or just a big gunboats with missiles on the boats because it's too much work to put the missiles in nowadays. Just, just make it easy. Put a couple of ships there with missiles. That way you can just drive the ships away and you don't lose the missiles. So that's probably whether that would work out. But it was they said so. Khrushchev and Kennedy they on the phone. They said you pull those stupid missiles out of Poland and we'll pull our missiles out unless you really want trouble. And so they said okay, well quietly. And they was it during the era, by the way. Uh, if you were a member of the public, you never knew about the Polish part of this quid pro quo because it was like oh the brink of destruction and we need more money for the military and all the whole thing cranked way up again and we had to go to Vietnam and all the rest of it. And so, but meanwhile, what they did was they we pulled our missiles out of Poland and the Russians pulled their missiles out and it looked like we had a stand down when in fact it was a quid pro quo. Well, you know, typical. It's the way it works. Everything is a quid pro quo. And so now there's something going on, and I think. We may be seeing the exact same scenario because of this Syrian thing. The Russians aren't happy about being aced out of their pipelines. Who is running the scripts over there? Is it Sorkin? Because Sorkin seems to have the same script over and over again. It just, they can't come up with anything original. They here, don't need to. It here worked. it is. Here it is. I've got the article. U.S. to station forces in Poland for first time. Pentagon said Wednesday plans to send a U.S. Air Force detachment to Poland to support fighter jets and transport planes marking the first time U.S. soldiers have been stationed there. The I don't think it's true. The announcement was made at the end of talks between Defense Secretary Leon Panetta and his Polish counterpart, Tomasz Szymanski. The detachment will arrive this fall to support quarterly F-16 and C-130 deployments. Okay, so it's not missiles, but it's basically, here we are, bitches. It's the same, it's the exact same, and of course unreported, but it's the exact same script. I'm amazed. Maybe it's just a rerun. Maybe maybe the Matrix has just hit a rerun and we don't know it. <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> they just they ran out of tape and they just rewound the whole thing. 
So the uh, uh, screw it. We'll just play that same episode again. Slaves will never know. It's yeah, it's easy. It worked before. It's yeah. always it's got to be. It worked before. Why are we going to try experimenting with some new idea? The old one worked before. Nobody got killed. So then, what will happen? Uh, Obama will be uh, a hero because he'll cut a deal, and uh, and somehow it all work out. Is that the idea? Is this the October surprise? I don't know if they can make this happen that quickly. Hmm. I don't know. I have no idea how this is going to play out. I mean, it, it may depend. They may put it off to after the election. It may be a pre-election scam. But see, Putin doesn't like Obama, so he doesn't want him getting reelected because the Russians would like to do deals with us. I mean, you know, we're, we have a big market and we can have a lot of fun together. But not with this Obama guy. So I don't know. Maybe they'll put the things in early and then and, and stall, make it look, make Obama look bad until after the elections, and then pull out. Uh, the when, when Romney gets in, you here's the here's the way I would do it if I was Putin. I'd put put the ships in there, would load it with missiles, and uh, near the you know not right tomorrow, but like within the well. It, ham- if you were Putin, you would load them with missile skis, missile skis, missile. And so I'd have a uh, have the ship. I'd bring the ships in about thirty days before the election and, and saber rattle, and that Obama's bitch and moan about it but it, the republicans would crank up the uh propaganda oh this is this is a weakness a weakness this is what biden predicted and uh, we, which we've never seen yet the bad thing that's going to happen and so that would happen and then there'd be a big stink about it obama wouldn't have time to do the quid pro quo because putin won't answer the phone uh not in no tell him to take a message and so uh, <laughs> right get- that's exactly what happened the first time i not around take a message so a the, message the, the, ski, a voicemail ski. So everybody be freaked out, and then so they hopefully will get Romney in. And once Romney gets in, this is kind of what happened with Carter and the uh, the Iraq or the the Iran Iran hostage crisis. Uh huh. They they grabbed all these Americans, and then they and and actually there were some schemers in the Republican Party that managed, I guess, to communicate with the Iran to say keep these guys. Yeah, keep them for a while longer. We hold on to them for a while longer. We need to get through this election. And so then uh, Reagan gets in, and then within a month or so, these guys are released, or they're they're helped to be released by the Canadians. The Canadians got them out. Thank you, Canada. And uh, and by the way, uh, if you're googling around about the the October surprise and the Iranian hostages, uh, my uncle had nothing to do with that. (laughs) Okay. So uh, (laughs) nothing at all. He must have worked with the Canadians. Uh So whatever the case, they would be setting up the same scam, only now it would be a a replay, because it has to be something older. You can't do a hostage crisis. Again, nobody cares. No, no, no. So you you go back to the well and go back to this 1960s thing and drag this idea back and then uh, make a big stink about it. Romney gets in, and then he, as soon as he gets in, he's buddies with Putin, because I'm sure right, they have, right, you know, right, right. Next thing you know, well, we've come to an agreement, and, we're either, and they're taking their stuff out. Of course, we'll never mention that we're also pulling out of Poland because we don't like to talk about what we do, and it right, right. makes, us, makes us look like we're actually negotiating. And that'll be that, and then we'll have a new president. That would be the perfect scenario for the Republicans. Perfect storm. I think you should put that one in the book. Just you know, not a, just like as if it plays out. Then at least we said, well, we knew how it would play out. It's not so much if it happens, but if it happens in that manner. I think yeah. that that's bookworthy. All right, I'll put it in. Um, this it's titled "Ruskies in Cuba." Uh, voicemail skis at night. 
So the Tunisians, uh, I, was, I got a couple of clips here that are kind of interesting. My favorite one is apparently in Tunisia, which are being taken over by the radical uh, Islamists, the Salafists. Uh-huh. So they, they, there's a report on uh, Van Katz of, of, this, of these French Tunisians that live in France. They're French, and they come over and visit because it's, it's a great, apparently, place where you can go. The great, beautiful beaches and the rest of it. And they show that oh, – you can play the clip, but I'm going to set it up with – you have to imagine all the women in the water – are wearing full hijab. They got the whole thing. They got the thing on. They're fully clothed. The full burqa. Now, is this the uh, in Iraq or mom? This is no, not the mom. This is the uh, Salafists in Tunisia at the beach cliff. <laughs> it's sexy, sexy swimwear. As the summer heats up, tourists arrive from France by ferry to this port in the north of Tunisia. It's only the second summer in over 25 years without Zine al-Abidin Ben Ali at the head of the country. And Tunisians arriving from abroad can feel the difference. The biggest change can be seen at the beach. Samir Saweed is French-Tunisian and comes every year to Nabul. This year, he sees more swimmers bathing fully clothed, <laughs> veiled included. Personally, I think it's too bad. Tunisia has always been far ahead in terms of women's rights. For me, it's now moving a bit in the opposite direction. A debate begins on the beach with a veiled swimmer. I don't think we're going in the wrong direction. There's more freedom. Every woman can decide if she wears a veil or not. But the Salafists scare me. I wear the veil, but my daughter doesn't, and I'm scared for her. That's what frightens me. Can I just, can, I'm just imagining for a moment, you know, as the Muslim Brotherhood propagates its ikva in the United States, what spring break is going to look like in Daytona? <laughs> it's going to suck. Everybody's wearing full wearing clothes. Booker, I mean, we're talking about women in the water that are fully clothed with a veil on and wet. They're going to be doing like uh, belly flops and burkas. Burka belly flop. There you go. Let me just write that down as a possible show title. <laughs> of course, it's all up to you. You can do whatever you want, but it's going to be highly disappointing. Burka bikinis. Yeah, she comes on. She says, "You know, you can do whatever you want, but my daughter doesn't wear this stuff, and I'm afraid for her." Yeah. What? How? Then how's that doing whatever you want? <sighs> you can do whatever you want if you want to get killed. Burka bikinis, ladies and gentlemen. It's all the rage. All the kids are wearing them. They're hot. They're sexy. They're one piece. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that's your religion, as you wish. It's fine with me. Believe so, me, uh, I, I'll be looking at you more as if you were in bikini. If you're in bikini, I'm like, I'm not gonna be a douchebag and look at you. Now I'm be like, my mouth's gonna be like, huh? What? what? What's the point? What are you doing? And and do uh, you have to weigh them down at the bottom with like lead weight so they don't float up? No, I don't know. No idea what. what you know, Mickey think? bought a burka. Ms. Mickey. Where you guys gonna go to the Middle East? No, she, <laughs> she's uh, she has an idea for a photo shoot. Oh, okay. Uh, but I put it on. It looks it's pretty funky. Yeah, if you put on, if you're a male putting on a that that women's garb, whatever burka or whatever, it's, so there's a, there's a bunch of it's actually uh, punishable by death. Oh, I didn't put. I mean, I mean, I just looked at it. Just saying the burkini. <laughs> is that punishable by death? How can that be? It's, you just that's is. bull crap. You're making that up. No, you can check it out. Male. Or, 
Burka. It's part of, if you're a male in, in uh, the Middle East and you're wearing uh, the female outfit, the black thing. That makes no over. sense. You're, a, you're obviously a criminal and you, it's a death sentence. Huh. A lot of death sentences. They got a lot of them. Oh, well, I, uh, all right. Hey, let me give you some vaccine news, John, just because it's uh, so uh, awesome what's going on. Now, this is something, I know we have a lot of doctors who listen to the show. And I read an interesting piece. In fact, it was uh, written up in, let me just find uh, find the article here. It was written up in the International Journal of Gynecology and Obstetrics. Now, we have this, uh, just to revisit, we have this big push for Gardasil. And this is the HPV uh, shot. (coughs) Very expensive. You have to have two of them. And we've discovered that the script kind of works like this. Because uh, uh, by admission, uh, the company that makes the new testing equipment and Merck uh, who makes the vaccine, are working together. They're in Africa together, doing, pulling the same scan. <coughs> scam. The uh, the machines have a high rate of false positives. In fact, uh, only 40% or 40% false positives. That's the, that's what's it, actually in this article, the International Journal of Gy- Gynecology and Obstetrics. And the idea is you go in, you have a pap smear. Uh, oh, well, there may be something wrong. You have to have a biopsy. So, I mean, and, you know, immediately, and you're informed that it's a sexually transmitted disease, and so is your husband, boyfriend, someone's cheating on you, yeah, and then you have a biopsy, it's it's not without pain, it's not without danger, it turns out it's okay, you're all clear, but you know what, maybe just for future reference, you just had the shot. So that's the script that we've uncovered, and uh, time after time, I receive Straight emails up. from people, this is how it works. It turns out, according to this article, um that you can use vinegar and a camera at home to see if you have HPV. And that the vinegar test is more reliable than the HPV testing machines. What? In a study published in the January issue of the International Journal of Gynecology and Obstetrics, the visual inspection HPV test, which is done with vinegar, accurately detected 63% of the 208 cases of precarious disease in a sample population. By contrast, the pap smear uh, HPV test with the machine detected only 40%. So using vinegar at home is more reliable than the newfangled machines, according to the International Journal of Gynecology and Obstetrics. And by the way, a very uh, why do we have these douchebags in Africa? Women, there they got vinegar. They can do it themselves. Now I now now I don't know the the credibility of the International Journal of Gynecology and Obstetrics. But we have doctors listening. I'd like to hear your take on this. And how come no one's mentioned this, that you can do this test at home? That's a good one. Isn't it? I'd give you clip of the day, but there's no clip. <laughs> the, uh, it's clipless. Clipless of the day. It's the clipless of the day. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I didn't... I yeah, mean, I like it. And uh, so there's links wow. in the show notes at uh, 430.nashownotes.com. shows you how to do the test. It's not, it's not very hard. Um, it can sting a little bit if you do have uh, a it's vaginal. It's not going to sting as much as a biopsy. Yeah, exactly. If you have vaginal warts, you can also, as a 
As a man, uh, if you have some kind of something on your uh, on your penis, you can also pour vinegar on it. And <laughs> I've been told that before. <laughs> but they and then there's a way. And then you look at um, if there's little white uh, dots on the uh, 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 on the growth. And if there's little white dots, then it, then it is HPV. It still doesn't mean that it's the deadly strain of HPV. But the, the crazy thing is that this test is more reliable than the obviously rigged machines. Rigged. Wow. I'll give myself a ding for that. Yeah, I'll give you a ding. And the No Agenda News Network where this came up. Noagendanewsnetwork.com. So uh, I do have an end of show clip. Yes. Are we there uh, yet? Yeah, we are kind of there. On China, yeah. it's, it's essentially, I just say this clip is outlining some of the protests going on in China right now and how they're actually being dealt with. I've seen these protests. Way. Yeah, I've seen these protests. It's very even being dealt with. This is, a, this is a news item that that uh, tells a slightly different story, but it says to me there's going to be some fantastic riots in China as they start to as they start to ramp things up. I do have one very short clip, which I just thought was hilarious. Oh, uh, wait a minute. So we're not at the end of the show yet? Oh, well, I can skip it. We can do it on the Thursday No, no, show. I've already stopped. Do the short, hilarious clip. Oh, the short, hilarious clip is the Syrians are bothering us clip, where you never see this in American news. They got the, the refugees are going across the border. They're landing in some town in Turkey. And instead of getting, oh, this is terrible, we have to put tents up and all the rest of it, the guy says... This guy, this guy on the other side says, these guys are bothering us. They're eating our food. <laughs> They're in the way. That's, they, they, we don't want them. It was, it's just, I just never get this kind of clip. This was on Al Jazeera. I Take another town to feel safe. We have a field near the border, but we don't go there anymore because we're scared. Many refugees, also scared, fled Syria with only the shoes on their feet. Their welcome isn't always warm. Syrians have come and they are bothering us. They are using our resources, our crops. It is not good. They are here. <laughs> Pesky Syrians. Those damn Syrians. <laughs> They're bothering us. Oh, man. Anyway, that was, I just thought that was funny. All right, everybody. Stay tuned to uh, itm.im slash tour09. That is... Um, where uh, Ms. Mickey is uh, posting all the updates on the Hot Pockets 2009 tour. 2009, if you don't know the uh, history of why it is, just take it from us. It's 2009. Uh, end of show clip about protests in China, and uh, I can't wait to end the show, turn on the air conditioner, uh, and then uh, get it all up and, and rolling. And also for the people that wanted it, we have the Gitmo Nation anthem. Yes, Gitmo Anthem after the end of show clip, exactly. All right, so we've got a couple days of rolling. Uh, hopefully, Mustang Sally will keep her temperature down. Uh, we'll keep you updated. And by the way, it's, it is can. useful to take up, like, you should have, like, a big bucket of water. And when you're driving along, you can take and throw the water onto the radiator directly. Okay. Every so often, it'll drop your temperature quite a bit. Thanks for the tip, John. Enjoy Thanks. your air-conditioned Berkeley home. I, we don't need air conditioning in the San Francisco Bay Area. It yeah. comes with the with the with the. Uh, yeah. It's natural. You don't need it because you've got stop and frisk. No. Coming to you from uh, just south of Pipeline Drive here in Dallas, Texas, in the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry, and from Northern Silicon Valley, where we have stop and frisk at least in some part of the valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday with more of your Hot Pockets tour right here on No Agenda. 
staying in China, and people power has forced the cancellation of a controversial industrial waste pipeline. Nicole Johnston reports on the latest challenge to Chinese leaders, this time in the port city of Qingdong near Shanghai. Around 1,000 demonstrators are taking on the power of the state. They force their way into a government office in Kedong, smashing computers and throwing office papers into the street. They're upset about plans to build a waste discharge plant. The waste of the factory must be polluting, and if it's dumped in the river, it'll then pollute the sea. It will have an impact on the environment. We must think about the future. We can't just focus on millions of dollars of benefits, which will very likely be put into the pockets of the officials anyway. And it seems their campaign against the plant has paid off. On Saturday, plans for the discharge plant were dropped. This isn't the only win protesters have had. This month, demonstrations against a proposed copper refinery in Sichuan province forced local officials to abandon the idea. And in December, thousands of people in the southern village of Wukan rose up against land seizures by the authorities. And last year, protests broke out in Dalian against a petrochemical plant. Eventually, its construction was cancelled. The demonstrations are a sign of change in China. It seems that to maintain social stability, the government thinks more openness might be the answer. Nicole Johnston, Al Jazeera. Well, Andrew Lang, you saw in that report, is a China specialist based in Hong Kong. He says the defiant mood is spreading across China. The old model of, of repression, uh, you know, we're suppressing all these voices, uh, arresting people in demonstrations, no longer works. And the Chinese, Chinese leadership knows it because um, in the past, uh, very seldom um, have uh, decisions taken at the highest level been overturned. But this time around, you can see that the local governments are backing down uh, quite rapidly, in fact. Uh, and that only, not only applies to the environmental sector, but also applying to um, cases of um, uh, maybe even village elections. I mean, don't forget the uh, high-profile case of the Wukan uh, village uh, election, uh, which uh, precipitated in a kind of confrontation uh, between the locals and the officials, with the result that the party secretary himself had to intervene and overturn the, the, um, the earlier uh, kind of uh, uh, policy, uh, resulting in, in um, a first open and fair election in China. So I think that this is a, a, a truly an inflection point. I think we're seeing more um, uh, reform forces uh, on the cards, and I think that this will be shown in the uh, next leadership lineup to be unveiled in the autumn. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation national anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation. We are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves. Here are Gitmo Dvorak.org slash N-A